Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It's Wednesday, November 9th, 2022, and you're listening to episode number 571. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. Boy, those election results were something, huh? Oh, you're telling me. I didn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. Uh, Joey Windmills on the dance floor. Brachino (laughs) is back. Yeah, I'm on that vigilante shit. Yeah! Busting moves. Oh, glad to have you back, dude. Aaron Amos is also here. Election dumpster fires. <laughs> and Chris Carey is in the house. Damian Wayne for president. No! <laughs> that tracks. I see him in a red cap. Whoa. Oh, no! Wow. First of all, no. too far, Aaron. Too far. Fired. He is a, yes, thank you, Joey. Oh, man. I'm about to vigilante shit somebody in this chat. You came I do wonder. I do wonder if Bruce Wayne is like, you know, oh, thank God I don't have to pay taxes. You know, like, I, I, I sometimes I do wonder. Bruce Wayne doesn't know if he's paying taxes. There's zero yeah. percent chance he handles any of that. Yeah, he Alfred's does seem the like one kind of like, like over yeah. there doing it for him. Kind of like the, the, the law, the law and order candidate is Bruce Wayne. I, I think. Hundred percent. He's like, do we pay taxes, Alfred? We do. Do we do that? Just checking. What's a What's a public school, Alfred? <laughs> would, would Bruce Wayne buy Twitter, or at least the Gotham City equivalent? Oh my god. Oh my god. He would, and then Morgan Freeman would enter the room and be like, "What have you done, Bruce?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This will be my last job for you. Uh, I, I, yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we turned this around into roasting the true enemy, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh man, Joey, how you doing? How we've already heard from the other side of the tracks as far as your yes. wedding goes how did you yeah. enjoy yourself it was amazing and thank you for everyone's kind words and aaron aaron did a, a great uh recap of the event last last week on the show um aaron aaron was the life of the party actually is <laughs> yeah, okay. is what he, he he walked in in a white jacket um Ooh. which is oh. interesting to think about <laughs> it, was <gray. laughs> it was white aaron. white powder blue gray did you wear white to a wedding no, you aaron would. you it are funny. the drama it, it is funny because it it comes out I don't want to say this. It comes out as acts more blue when I'm standing next to Carolyn because her hair was blue. Oh. 
So no. it was a whole thing. It was. A it whole was. Thing. Uh, I was very grateful to Aaron and Car- Carolyn for being there. And again, thank you to everyone for their kind words on on Twitter and everything. It was a. It was an absolute blast um, from start to finish. Um, Aaron. Aaron nailed it on the head last week. He, he. You know. He was talking about the attention to detail and like the the love that went into it. And 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 we really did put a lot of effort into it. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, it, it really paid off. It, it was a really wonderful night. Everyone seemed to have a blast. Um, it felt like Bridgerton, like, like it was like the end of the season and like, it had to be the biggest <laughs> ball and we put on the biggest ball. Um, so no, I was, we could not be more pleased with everything. And, uh, it's been, it's been over a week now and it's, it's, uh, still kicking. So, you know, we're things, things are looking up, um, Ooh. I got a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So the uh, I want to dance with somebody was yeah. a theme throughout the night. <laughs> yeah. I want to dance with somebody is the single greatest. I tell people that like there is a there is a time before I want to dance with somebody and there's a time after I want to <laughs> dance. with somebody. It is like a watershed moment in, in, in history. Um, the oh, like we came into the reception hall. And uh, we did a couple of speeches, you know, Emily and I welcomed everybody. We did our dances and uh, we did um, the, the like best man speech and everything. My brother and her sister and her, and her, her maid of honor did a great job with those. Um, and then everyone finished her salad and the DJ, we had handed her three, three versions of I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> and we were like, space them out. Uh, so she opened with Whitney. She opened uh, with the original, sorry, as you must. Right. And it was great. And that kicked off like the first dance break. And that went on for like half an hour or whatever. And everybody went and had dinner and, and partied and had a good time. We had a beautiful patio area with a bunch of things that people could do. Um, and then fallout boy i want to dance with somebody dropped uh, uh and and everyone rushed the dance floor again if you haven't heard the fallout boy cover of i want to dance with somebody pause the podcast and go listen to it now because it it slaps so hard um and then that dance break was like you know like 30 minutes or so it was great and then everybody sat down and and you know had had dessert and it was wonderful and, you know, the, the night was winding down and I was like, oh, I wonder how much more dancing is going to happen. And then David Burns, I want to dance with somebody cover. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, the cover is amazing. And then the DJ, you know, she's like this, like she started as like a karaoke DJ in Philly. Um, and she played the David Byrne cover and then she played a couple more songs. And then she hit Since You've Been Gone. And then she Ooh. hit uh, Mr. Brightside. And she hit like all these like karaoke staples and the floor went crazy. Uh, it was like breakup songs all night long from that point on. And it was like, and I was like, and I was like, honestly, this is the vibe and I love it. You know, like, and yeah, people were like, like screaming at the top of their lungs. The last song of the night was don't stop me now, which is like classic queen, like classic karaoke song. Yeah. And like, it was just, it was just a, a fiasco from start to finish. And I just, uh, it was what I wanted. It was what we wanted. We wanted Emily jokingly, you know, a couple of weeks before the wedding was like, I'm, I'm really stressed out because like, I just care so much about customer satisfaction. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, you know, it, it's also our day too. And she was like, I know, but I just want people to have a good time. And uh, she really put an, an amazing amount of effort into to making that happen. And I think, I think it worked out and uh, we continue to hear really wonderful and positive things from our friends and everything. So it it's been wonderful. Cornholing. Yep. Aaron discovered cornhole and you know, he was like, am I straight? Like there was a moment. <laughs> it was a, it was a thing. <laughs> it, 
I walked out and he's like, he has like a beer and he's playing cornhole. I'm like, Aaron, what is happening? ESPN two. He's got like a Bud Light. I'm like, what is going on over here? I was being challenged. My sensibilities were being challenged. It was straightness that was contagious all along. Oh no. At the same time, though, the, when I first sat down at Aaron's table, I was like, hey, Aaron, how are you going? He goes, this is the gayest straight wedding I've ever been to. It really was. Congrats. Like, that's really awesome. Good for you. Was. That's oh my god! There was what so, did your uh, so what did your bad. cornhole boards look like? Did, they, uh, like it was just the board? hotel. The hotel had some long games that they put okay. out, which was wonderful. You know, they had this beautiful patio outside the reception hall. So we like, I built a photo wall. I built a crossword wall. Um, we had some lovely tables of photos and things for people to like see. But it, we had the whole patio, and there was a tent because we were worried it was going to like rain or be cold. And uh, the hotel was like, "Oh, we have some lounge furniture and some lawn games," and we were like, "Cool, whatever." And they put it out, and it it was really great because like people had things to do all night long. Like yeah. you know, some people aren't dancers, so they were hanging out all night, like talking to people, which was another thing that was like really wonderful too. Like oftentimes you go to these weddings and it's just like a loud ass DJ blasting reggaeton and uh, you can't talk to anybody. So, you know, for the people that love reggaeton, like my college roommates, they were on the dance floor all night, but my other friends who aren't necessarily dancers, they were hanging out in the back, shooting pictures, um, shooting cornhole, you know, like, like getting drinks and, and having a, and reconnecting, which was really nice. That that's, it was just a really beautiful evening. Well, that sounds lovely, and I am so thrilled for you, and congratulations again. Yeah, man. That's awesome. You know what else is awesome? <laughs> Go ahead. Here, move out of the way, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> In a normal time of year, Joey, your wedding would obviously be the most important thing happening. This is not one of those times. Taylor Swift's new album came out. <laughs> I just want to say, too, this, we listened to the album at midnight. Uh, and I, yeah, I was like, Emily, this is about an hour long. Can this just be the cocktail hour playlist? <laughs> right? Aww. Did you brief? Did you briefly go? Can I make it to the three a.m. session? Because I briefly tried, and I didn't. I didn't know it was happening. I didn't know it was happening. Also, Joey. side note to all of this, I forgot to say there was a secret fourth cover of "I Want to Dance with Somebody" on the cocktail hour playlist. <laughs> Also, I really hope you didn't play this at your cocktail hour because did you really need everyone to go through all of that emotion in your wedding? No, no, that's what Emily <laughs> said. She was she was right about it. There was like the she was like the vibe is the vibe, and this is not the vibe. <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift's "Midnights" is the album you play if you want to go through all five stages of grief and land on anger more than once. This <laughs> <laughs> this album is an arc. This is "Midnights" is her story coming to a conclusion. Like we were, have been in her book this whole time and we didn't know it. We're just players in her game because it literally concludes the threads in every past album, just casually with like musical illusions. Like she talks about Maroon being the more mature version of Red uh, from that album. Anti-Hero is an answer to reputation and Sweet Nothings is clearly wow. folklore. Like every single piece of it is a reference to something before. This is the album for somebody who wakes up at 12 a.m. and goes, you know what? And another thing to an argument that nobody's <laughs> having with her. <laughs> Also, I feel like I can't say enough on this comic book podcast how many comic book references are in this album. Uh, oh, yeah. Obviously, Vigilante shit right off the bat. But Karma is written by our very own Catwoman, Zoe Kravitz. And it has a very Catwoman vibe to it. 
Um, and not to mention Mastermind, absolutely a super villain song. I fucking love it. Um, and if that isn't enough, we also get way more of the conspiracy theory hints about all of her past love interests. And let me mm. just say, oh, it does not look good for John Mayer on this album. But oh. if, you have, <laughs> if you have the opportunity to be a Tom Hiddleston where the worst thing she can say about you is you were too nice, be a Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> <laughs> That is my TED Talk questions. Yes. <laughs> what, if, if Taylor Swift were to play a comic book supervillain, who would she play? Well, so the song Mastermind makes me think that she would specifically be the thinker from the Flash show. Uh, just mm. sitting in her chair, manipulating everything, possessing other people, okay. moving pawns around. 100% Taylor Allison Swift is the thinker. Thank you for your question. Next. <laughs> now this is a press conference. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> it's uh it's a stupendous album. I loved it. I we you know, I was it's funny because I, I fall asleep all the time anyway. Yeah. So I was asleep at midnight and uh I I think Emily took video of me, but like I started <laughs> in my sleep. Grooving. Wow. And I didn't, I must have slept, but grooved through the first like two Amazing. songs. Cause by snow on the beach, which has grown oh on me. God. It's not a lot yes. of people's favorite song, but I like it, it a lot. Took me, it took me a few lessons. For yeah. That I yeah. actually like that song a lot. Um, the, yeah, me and too. I, and I woke up and I was like, what's happening on the beach. And she was like, you have been <laughs> dancing in your sleep for the last three songs. Um, <laughs> and then I was up vibing through the whole album. I've listened to it like probably 17 times from then uh, <laughs> on. Um, Chris, my question to you is, are you making it to Eras? Am I making it to Eras? I am. <laughs> I'm trying. I have two different sets of friends currently trying to get tickets together in about five different cities. Yeah. So I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. I will fly anywhere. I've got to go to Eras. Are you we, <laughs> so I'm in Jersey. So East Rutherford, the MedLife oh. is like 20 minutes away from me. So it's not that bad. I saw WrestleMania yeah. there a couple of years ago. It's, it's a wonderful stadium and, and really easy to access, but um, um, there's three dates there. So I'm hoping no. that's one of those three dates I'm able to make. And I got the pre-sale and I got everything yes. ready to go. So like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, 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 I would love to see that, but my crazy friends are like, we're going to fly to Arizona. Go where we got to go. And I'm like, I love that for you. I, I, it's twenty I'm minutes. I'm a grown up now. Like, yeah, like I, I can make it. Like it's twenty minutes of the road. It's a huge stadium. Yeah. Like I will be there. I don't need to be in the pit. I'm not twenty years old anymore. Like you know. Um, so uh, I, I, but I desperately do want oh to. God, uh, right? I want to see it. It's so it's so good. Okay, what are your top three favorite songs off the album, Joey? Um, I like questions a lot. Questions is so good. I like. Hold on, I have to pull it up. I'm really bad with lyrics and song titles. Um, I like questions. I like Lavender Haze. Me too. Um, and I love Karma, but Karma is Karma. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's what it could have should have. It's on the three AM one. <sighs> yes, that that yeah. is the John Mayer is a terrible person song. If that's what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, yeah. <laughs> I never would have danced with the devil at nineteen if I knew. Ooh. She, nice. it, she's also doing my job for me because like I teach, I, I basically teach a media studies English class. Like that's right. the function of it. And we have this like whole conception of like bodies of work and she's doing my work for yes. me because she's like, has this like 
cohesive album with each song having a music video and i'm like i'm done like it's my whole unit is planned for me it's all great so oh joey i I recommend doing one where they have to go find the matching song on the (laughs) albums because we've all been playing that game on tiktok and it's quite fun um, like what song is this an answer to yeah uh, like you know how in all too well she said that she was a jewel whose shine reflects on you and now in bejeweled she's, she's the bejeweled. jewel yeah, oh my no. god brilliant i, I love, love it the <laughs> music video with dita von T's in it i was like oh here we go man we're god. throwing it back um yes. i also love that it is like she's she and i were, are both 1989 babies yes. um and she like me is at a point in my life where i'm just like fuck it i'll do whatever i want like and, yes. and this album is so clearly that she's just like I, I, like she did the pop thing she did the folk thing and now she's just like this is my vibe i'm doing it get over it you know I like know. you know everyone says great. sexy baby and it doesn't matter you know like who cares <laughs> See, what, I what i love the line. most <laughs> of, most about what she's done with her career is the, the music is great no question but She's a person who, through bad circumstances, had some bad deals, as a lot of people have, and she's turned that around. She now owns everything, yeah. runs everything. Mm-hmm. There are only a few people across the years of, of music. You know, Ray Charles did that in Bola's Masters, Joan mm-hmm. Jett. Not a lot of people did had the wherewithal, the knowledge, the, the guts to go ahead and do that. Because it's, a, yeah. it's a leap of faith, and she made it work brilliantly. Yeah. And if vigilante shit is to be believed, she also helped his wife divorce him. So oh, cool. <laughs> right? Because you had the file of evidence. Who think gave her that? Ooh, love that line. Mwah. It's exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I love most about Taylor Swift is that she is a singer for people who love conspiracy theories. Because she's <laughs> like, get out your boards, kids. I'm going to drop so many fucking hints. You're going to have to piece them all together. Also, there's red herrings. Good luck. Okay, So she's a she's a Carly <laughs> Simon fan, obviously, right? Hundred <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. percent. She's weaving her little web and we're just like pawns in her game. And I'm fine with it. I'm Maybe fine. she could be Madam Web. Oh, I like that too. I no, like that too. <laughs> isn't what's her face already bad him with? Yeah, but we could we could move her out, you know. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that again? Dakota something? Dakota Johnson. Yes. Dakota Johnson. That's it. Oh, I do 50, like Dakota Johnson, but Swift of, would be better. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Thank you, yeah. Chris. Thank you, thank you for <laughs> indulging us. Yeah, for real. For, thank, thank you, no. boomers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> quite kidding. But truly, did you get uh, Did you get your special edition vinyl? I did it because I oh. don't have money, but they are so pretty. Dude, I pre-ordered that like three months ago. I was like, I let me get that blue one or teal or whatever. Is it blue, blue vinyl kind of thing? It's it's teal vinyl. Yeah. Nice. But the, it's actually four different colors of four different copies that you can line up together and they make a clock. Yeah. You had to choose your vibe. I remember those days. Picture yeah. disc and all that sort of stuff. Oh, but. God. She even put stickers in it so you could cover up the barcode so it wouldn't mess up the aesthetic, which I just... Wow. That's attention to detail right there. (laughs) I know. Taylor Swift says time's up. (laughs) 100%. Oh my God. I love it so much. It's genuinely been the only music I've listened to since it came out. And Uh, it's my whole vibe. I do want to say, and it's, you know, kudos to Carly Rae for doing this, but she dropped her most recent album on the same day. And her, her album is 
is also it's fantastic. Really good. If it's you like, really good. it's like roller rink pop was the kind yeah. of a uh, um, kind of a uh, analogy that I heard. It's kind of like you know, like that roller rink discotheque like yeah. pop vibe. I really like it. I'm a big Carly Rae Jepsen fan too, though. Yeah. So Canada's and own baby. <laughs> Megan Trainer dropped her album the same day too. And I, was I don't like, give a shit about Megan Trainer. <laughs> she's cute. I don't like her music, but I think she's adorable. And she's married to the kid from Spy Kids, and they make adorable TikToks. Oh, really? <laughs> I know. Which I one, it. Shark Boy or the other one? The other oh, one that had Main Boy. Taylor Lautner was Shark Boy. Oh, I forgot yeah. that he was Shark Boy. <laughs> Coincidentally, full circle, one of Taylor Swift's past boyfriends. Anyway. <laughs> well, well, there's a whole top 10 list of its own, right? <laughs> Who's your favorite of her um, yeah. past <laughs> I got to say, there's only like two who have positive songs written about ah. them. So it's a short list. <laughs> uh, I listen to it too, if anyone yes, cares. I care. I was, <laughs> I'm pretty sure sending you snaps for days about it, Steve. So please. <laughs> Um, obviously I can't bring to the conversation what you both do, the history and whatnot, but no, I see, I always had a very, uh, like maybe not a view at all of who Taylor Swift was outside of knowing that my nieces were into her Mm -hmm. and like her country roots and stuff. And so I was not interested, but her story is what drew me to her. And when she re-released those albums, because they were trying to get one over on her and she was like, screw you, I'm going to go re-record all this stuff and I'm going to own it myself. And you know, you're going to be up the Creek without a paddle. Um, Mm -hmm. I like, I like the villain Taylor Swift. I like the take no shit Taylor Swift a lot. Uh, And so when she reissued all those albums, I went to go and listen to them and the production value on them Mm -hmm. blew me away. Mm -hmm. I believe we talked about it a little bit on the show when it came out, but that was kind of the thing that, woke me up to the idea of her being more than I had assumed, you know? Uh, And then in like, in listening to some of it and seeing the conspiracy theories, like (laughs) I don't necessarily follow them, but that's what I have Chris for. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I just, I, that stuff reminds me of when tool albums would come out and there was all this theorizing behind the the math of the music and you know oh what does this mean it's in seven time and blah 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 and the <laughs> yes. da vinci code and lateralis and the spiral and it was just it was all very obnoxious but it was also fun it um, really is yeah and I, I i i fell for it real hard uh for a number of years i've kind of removed myself from it now but it was fun for a long time mm-hmm. and this new album is tremendous it's really good um I'll say my favorite songs and then we can move on. Uh, yeah. I really like Lavender Haze. I think that's one of I the best. Um, big fan of Maroon and yeah. uh, Labyrinth is probably one of my other favorites. Yeah, so. absolutely. I gotta say, I never said my favorite three. So um, Vigilante Shit, Antihero, and You're On Your Own Kid because apparently I'm oh, depressed. I love that song. <laughs> I love that song so much. That is the one for when you want to cry in the club. <laughs> but it's so good uh i also gotta say this random tidbit that i find hilarious is somewhat related to comic stuff or sci-fi stuff at the very least she made friends with dylan o'brien from maze runner and teen wolf and all of that and he just like hung out in the studio when she recorded this so he's randomly featured on like four or five songs doing random shit like drumming one drum beat duh 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 or clapping (laughs) 
Like, this he contributes nothing, but she went ahead and let him do stuff in the studio, and I think it's so funny. <laughs> That's you're, awesome. You're here, do something. Here, here, have a triangle. Ding. <laughs> Look, b- back in the old Motown days, people were always at the studio. So yeah. on a lot of records, there would be somebody. Uh, uh, can you let... Uh, rattle some chains on this? Sure. 100%. Okay, it's, you know, but it's Martha Reeves doing it on some Supremes record or whatever. It's like, sure, why not? Yeah, I'm here. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. 100%. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Amazing. So I've fun. only been in a recording studio one time. It was a lot of fun, but you you had nothing to do, so contributing to the music would be incredible. <laughs> so you would make light clapping sounds on a Taylor Swift album if asked? <laughs> I would do a lot more than that, yeah. but yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, I want to be. I want to be someone she sings about. There'll be conspiracy Aww, theories about oh, me. I, I don't know well, if that's true. I was gonna say you. You. All you have to do is be a complete and total asshole. So. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> then I don't know what to tell you. You have to make it onto one of her albums, Steve. I'm sorry. I guess. I guess, Steve, you could be a Tom Hiddleston and just be too nice for her interest. <laughs> Oof. Uh, you could get invisible stringed. Oh, you could get you could get mastermind into her life, yeah. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Invisible String is one of my favorite songs it's from really Folklore. Good. It's really good. Ugh. Until All Midnight's right. Folklore was my favorite album, by the way. Midnight's Folklore Folklore made me a Swifty. Me too! Wait a second. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Me too. Ugh, All right. It. It's time. It's time. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I let I'm, this out of the genie out of the it. bottle. He's calling it. I'm calling it. Uh, let's do some lightning rounds here. Aaron, why don't you jump in? And, yeah, revive uh, him. He died during that conversation. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was kissing a power nap. No. <laughs> wow. right. no. You're really coming for me this episode. I don't know how to feel no. about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at that. That's on sale. Uh, no, I'm kidding. All right, let's do <laughs> um, I got a couple Add of books. two carts. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, look at that! Uh, I'll get some, uh, some some milk on sale." Now, um, wow, a few books <laughs> this week. So I'm going to try to do a quick run through. Um, interesting week. I just realized I'm looking at my books. Is this theme anyway? So, book number one, flawed number two. You might remember I talked about this before when number one came out: Chuck Brown and Prinzi. So the main character is Jem, and she's essentially, I'm just going to highlight, cover it, essentially on this mission to protect humanity. And we, I believe that there's probably a lot of reasons behind it that will uncover themselves as the story goes on. But she's currently working on a case. I should also say that she is a therapist um, who's got some issues of her own to work out. Current case is, for, is to track down somebody who has been very mean to little girls uh, and uh, comes to find out this person has been referred to as a skinwalker. And there is a very, uh, I don't want to say magical reason because we come to find out it's not magical, but there's a very interesting reason as to why this is the case. And it looks like this is going to be a case that's a lot harder to sort of wrap up than uh, you might have uh, believed by the way she sort of wrecked shop in the issue number one. And this is you get a little bit of history about how this sort of uh, antagonist rather sort of came to be, uh, what that means uh, for how she's got to deal with some things, whose radar it puts her on, um, and, you know, what's going to be next for her. But you also get an opportunity to see that she's got some, like I said, some issues to deal with as well. She's a little broken in some ways, but at the same time, just laser focused on what she wants to do 
to try to heal herself. Uh, and I think it's going to be an interesting story to see all those layers to play out uh, over time. So I, I was I was pretty happy with number two. You know, sometimes there's that sophomore slump with books. So, but I was happy with number two. So then we go. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, <gasps> number five. I think it's Joshua Williamson. So, all right, listen. The Justice League is being used to reboot the Infinite Earths uh, by, uh, what's his name? Uh, Priya. Uh, Hal and Barry are tracking them down, trying to sort of undo all of this work, basically. If he can, they can sort of yank out all the batteries that are being used to power this whole thing, to, you know, and happening. The objective is to maybe be able to shut it down. Meanwhile, back on Earth, the remaining heroes who have previously gotten their asses handed to them are trying to get their shit together. No thanks to Black Adam, a bastard. Um, <laughs> and enters, <laughs> enters the Legion of Doom, Deathstroke in the Darkness, which sounds like a ska band, actually. And then you have this <laughs> final challenge that in the end may really be too much. And I don't know if anyone else is ready, but that final page may really be too much. And I legitimately can't figure out a way that this could actually go their way. Uh, then you look at the title of the next issue, Death to the DC Universe. I'm like, oh, all right, well, there you have it. So that that it may not go their way. Um, I don't know. We're going to see where this goes. I think there's two more issues left in this storyline, uh, in this uh, arc, uh, but we'll see where it goes. It's, it's had some, I will say, there were some, some aspects of this issue that I enjoyed, specifically Alan Scott giving Nightwing a little bit of a pep talk, which was, you know, really fun for me. Um, and then Drunk Monkey down in the basement because, you know, I, I still miss uh, Justice League Dark. Um, anyway. But, oh, but we had some Detective Chimp? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good old drunk monkey. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> which is another Scott band. Um, You're so right. I'm putting together a little show here. Um, <laughs> lastly, Sins of the Black Flamingo, four and five, also called Whoop. Gay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many A's are in that, by the way? <laughs> That's about five. Six, okay. It's like at least six. <laughs> Andrew Wheeler, Travis Moore, Tamara Bonvillon. Harlow is captured. They want Ezekiel. If you don't know, Ezekiel is an angel, kind of, sort of. Um, here's the thing. We get some history there is that we learn how Ezekiel came to be. Um, it's, it's not as, probably not as straightforward as we thought it was. It's a little convoluted, not convoluted, but it's a little bit more complicated than we thought it was. But um, it gives us that background. So we're all steady now on what the story is several deals are made uh you know to basically try to figure out how to best each other most of them don't go as planned abel remember abel over to the side the guy who's uh you know pining after harlow takes a hit or two uh, I, I don't know about that kid he, I, I don't know uh he hits his uh wagon to the wrong star there in any event, uh, Harlow makes a sacrifice to save his angel. Looks like the team is a little bit smarter than they thought they were. Maybe they're not. Hmm, well, maybe they are. And it kind of all wraps up um, this sort of really fun story that started off being very kitschy and sort of campy. Sort of maintained a little bit of that all the way through, but actually ended up becoming what I think is a was a entertaining story. I do feel as though it wrapped up kind of quickly. Now, best parts of this issue. Lots of ass, very meaty nipples, and that V thing. Again. It was very, yes. Uh, wow. It was, Where it was have we gone since Jen and Sylvia were here last? Uh, listen, <laughs> it's it's it, it all went. It, they, they, they threw they threw all of it into the into the deal here. Um, but no, I think this this 
it was interesting to sort of watch this play out over the context of you know having an insider's view because i remember when we were talking about what a circuit party was and, and most people didn't know what a circuit party was but i was always wondering as i was reading through this if people who maybe didn't have that context understood a lot of the things that were visually on the page um and what they yeah. meant to the to the community versus reading it as a um cis straight person uh, of yeah. sorts um and i probably think the experience is a little bit different um, and there were just things that, you know, you, you just happen to sort of have an affinity for uh, if you're in the community and you see these things on the page. And so I think that's, that's what added to the entertainment. I'm curious to know if that same thing, if it was enjoyable to those who are not, you know, that deep mm-hmm. in the community or didn't grow up in a space where this was like at its peak, you know, where everyone was supposed to, you know, be able to fill out a T-shirt to, you know, to the, you know, to the nth degree. <laughs> Um, you know, where and your shirts were supposed to be so tight, your buttons were set to stun and all that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's just, I, I wonder. So again, I think it was an entertaining story. I think it was a story that really turned out to be a deep cut, but I think it, it had enough of the comic booky stuff that it was, I think it also entertained people. And that is my lightning round. So. <laughs> I already have four potential episode titles. <laughs> wow. Yes. It's <laughs> amazing. Good. Ska bands of the Dark Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Could could that have uh, helped the Dark Crisis? I am not reading. I my understanding is as we start to move into next week and now we get the Jeff Johns version of what comes mm-hmm. next that yeah. the rebirth of the DC universe in January is now a bipartisan thing what's going on over there help me out I, here i i you know i saw the solicit for the new what is it called the new era new, new, age, new golden right? age yeah. new golden age yeah. new golden age. And it's, one is it's on my pull list i'm excited for it but you know i and i was like wait a minute we still have two more dark yeah. crisis six <laughs> dark crisis six does come out this week this week um, yeah yeah so dark crisis six is coming out this week but i'm like wow we i, I was surprised at the Maybe the new age is like kind of like a, a precursor. I don't know. I, I, as we've talked about on the show a couple of times now at this point, um, I've been enjoying the Dark Crisis mm-hmm. uh, event. I also don't necessarily have the 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 back matter and kind of history. You know, I've read. I've actually read all like all of the crises. <laughs> like that's like that's my that, nice. that was my like DC stop in. I was just like, ah, let me hit the crisis. You know, even. <laughs> Like even heroes in crisis. Like I read anything with crisis in it. I'm like, I'm in, you know? Um, and, and as I said a couple of weeks ago, like with DC universe, infinite unlimited, like I'm catching up on more stuff, but I don't necessarily have the comparison points necessarily for yeah. um, some of what I know John was, wasn't particularly hot on some of the things happening in dark crisis. So like, I, but I've been really enjoying it. I too. am just like, you know, black Adam, like, dude, just like relax, man. Like, like, Oh, like literally in issue four, he's like, Oh, he like throws his hands up in disgust. He's like, Oh, forget these young heroes. And he's like, let me go team up with whom the Legion of doom. And it's like, no bro. Like that, like, like that is the opposite of what you should have done. 
slight um, overreaction, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, Wait, yeah, yeah. The, like the every was issue, when it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Oh like, God, man. I have been betrayed by Lex Luthor." Like, what is this? Oh gosh, he's like, "Oh my gosh, look at all these bondage guys coming at me!" You know, <laughs> and, and, that sounds nice. I'm back on board. <laughs> seriously, like Pariah, like imbues all of the supervillains with like dark energy, but it manifests as like chains. Yeah, chains and gags. Yeah. It's like okay, <laughs> very S and M, very S and M. Yeah, wow. But I've really been enjoying it, and I know that like y'all were quipping when I wasn't on the show that like Joey back the wrong horse by not reading AXE and instead reading Dark Crisis. Uh, but I've been I've been enjoying it. Like I'm really excited for Dark Crisis Six um, this week. Um, but because partly because of those, you know, the not we don't have to compare all the time. But you know, a lot of times the Marvel events they kind of just end up being punch fests, you know, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. the, the like the the character beats aren't necessarily there, but with the DC events, partly because of like the history that is still a part of all these characters, despite all of their reboots, there are these really moving beats. Like the one you said with, with Nightwing, like Nightwing's this, this event for Nightwing has been really awesome. Like yeah. Nightwing has, is coming out of this event on top. We'll see what happens. Well, uh, they'll the reboot it and they'll erase his memory of this event. That's well, what you know, yeah. Well, so like, I, time, I don't know. He's going through yeah. it. He's going through it. This. Oh this yeah. Event. Yeah. I mean, he could fake his death again. There's just so yeah. many options for him. He'd call himself Rick some more. <laughs> not Rick. Oh no. But I, I really love it. I do. I do have to read AXE though. Like that's definitely something I had to catch up on. You know what I found the other day when, um, for people that follow me, my comic collection fell over over the weekend and I had to clean up and I went to go grab one of the boxes and I came across forever evil. Remember that? Oh, the DC yeah. event. Yeah. Oh, the whole thing. Yeah. That's what did you, started, remember that? Did uh, you reread it? Night, wasn't it? I might. Isn't that, isn't that what started Dick Grayson, Agent of Spiral or whatever it was? That, yeah, that book yeah, yeah. He had to, yeah. He had to not be Robin. I love that book. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I remember that event being better than anticipated. It wasn't it wasn't like an event, was it? It was like a kind of like a tie-in yeah. series, wasn't it? I don't it even was remember. Kind of I'll have to read it. I don't think like it blew the, up the, the universe. But... From... Yeah. No. <laughs> I remember I mean, reading it, it in Su- in over. Superman. I mean, there were tons of um, like tie-in books. Yeah, everywhere. yeah. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't. Was there like a series? Was there like yeah, a yeah? There was a main. Yeah, there was like was nine issues. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. do not remember that. I found like some yeah. like weird offshoots of it too, and I was picking up the pile, and it was like something something squadron number one, and I was just yeah. like, what was I doing yeah, back then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rob was hooking yeah. me up. Lex became a. That's how Lex he became did. a member of the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to reread Forever Evil. I'm going to go was, back. I'm going to check it out. That was it New on, 52, is it on right? Infinite that was Ultra Extra. Oh, it's definitely on Infinite it's Ultra. It's definitely Extra. on there. That was okay. was that that was pre-rebirth. Yeah, yes. Pre-rebirth. Yes. yes. Pre-rebirth. Yeah. Yes. Spiral, and it yeah, had the whole those, spiral um, thing was pre-rebirth. Yeah. It has those uh, I have a couple of those covers like those 3D um the lenticulars. Like, not li- not lenticulars. Oh, yes, the lenticular gosh. covers. That's it. That's that's a throwback. Super mega 3D uh, 499 two, covers, yeah. Oh. Two faces, oh, yeah. Oh, no, so expensive. 499, yeah. 
and his suit just like blowing up and yeah, man, they got it all. Superman didn't have tights. They have the Forever Evil arc and all the tie-ins put together in a collection. I just looked on it up. <laughs> there you go. Infinite Ultra Extra. So, yes. That's you know it. what's all up there now is the, um, and I know that, Bob, you weren't high on it, but uh, the um, War of the Amazons is all up there now. Oh, is it? Do yourself, do yourself a favor, read it, and come back to me, and we'll, we'll slag it. <laughs> well, oh, wow. no, no, no. Trial of the Amazons or War of the Amazons? No, tri- trial, of trial of the Amazons. The Amazons. Trial okay, of the Amazons. Yeah. War of way back when, not so bad. Trial of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I added it to my issues. list. Looks like there's eight issues of Forever Evil. Well, I guess seven if you yeah. take out the director's cut. Okay, <laughs> there's so many. Uh, I also read Flawed uh, Number Two, Aaron. This book is very, very cool. Uh, some very surprise gore. Holy crap! <laughs> that one that oh, when they introduce the bugs like the origin of, of what started some of this stuff that page took me by Boy. surprise that is some like early john carpenter stuff going on right there well first of all it was it was a roller coaster of emotions first they're like you know <laughs> we got to figure out how to beat these guys so let's go to war well since we can't beat them Let's bang them out and then eat them and become. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you? What's happening? It's exactly how it sounded. It's like, yeah, since we can't beat them, let's have sex with them. I was like, oh, oh okay. Sounds that's good a, to me. That's another route. That's, a, that's another path to take. Um, it goes. Yeah, it's, a, it's an entertaining book. It's it's yeah. I like the character. I, I have a I. I like the anticipation that the character of Gemma is, is creating for me. It's like I. They keep revealing just a little bit. She make you be like, oh, there's more to her. I want to see what that is. But yeah, I like the larger gentleman with the push broom mustache and the tortoise shell over his head to disguise himself <laughs> in the order of animals or whatever this is. <laughs> yes. It's it, it's it's freaky. weird. It goes places. It sounds it's, like it's it. Weird. It's bizarre. Cute art too. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice looking book as well. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. You you when you talked it up last time. I had picked it up, and uh, I'm enjoying the ride so far. It's fun. Yeah, they, uh, they don't hold back, but yeah, I'd say jump on that. And Sins of the Black Flamingo, that's the last one? It's over? Aww. It's over. Yeah, they, they the... literally walked off into the sunset. Well, I haven't read the last one yet. I'm sad. It's so good. Yeah. I need to read so, five. Yeah, it was well. It was good. It was, it was a nice way to sort of wrap it up. I, I, okay, you won't hear me say this too often i think maybe this could have used maybe two more issues yeah <laughs> you yeah. know to because i feel as though ophelia didn't get as much play as she could have hmm. um so yeah but do you think they'd I ever return feel... to this world maybe i could see the um, big spinoffs it's possible read it i will i will <laughs> that was very serious that was I know I feel intimidated, but I was your also voice, already. Your going voice is to... already low. It dropped even further. Yes. It did. <laughs> that was the voice like, he used it. when he came up to me at FlameCon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like read it. That's I all I'm saying. <laughs> so, all right, so. let's move on to another lightning round. Uh Bob, why don't you go ahead? All righty then. Okay. Wow. Poison Ivy number six by G. Willow Wilson, Marcio Takara, Brian Level, Arif Orianto, and Hassan Asmani Allahu. 
it goes to some really interesting places because as the cover copy states, Mommy's very angry. That anger becomes refocused during her encounter with an old adversary. Not a good thing for him as it, well, well, eats him up, so to speak. This stands as both a conclusion to the first arc and a fabulous jumping off point for the second, as this features some of the most poignant writing of G. Willow Wilson's career. Just saying. So glad we're getting a second arc here. Quick note on Damage Control number three by Adam Goldberg, Hans Rodenoff, Nathan Stockman, Ruth Redman, and Clayton Cowles. We get the introduction of a, well, actually, two new kaijus. First, Trenton the Terrible, who, of course, just... attacks that city in New Jersey. And the second, well, you're just going to have to see for yourself. Uh, Minnie's been a fun, light book with a nice touch of sass. I'm just really digging it so far. She-Hulk number seven, Rainbow Roll, Luca Maresca, Rico Renzi, and Joe Carmagna brings together a number of threads from past issues, such as the Jack of Hearts thing, and that is now a thing in quotes, if you catch my meaning, and also that mysterious couple that went after Jen in the park a couple issues back. It also spins off into some new directions with a new client whose proclivity for shouting out his name in a very regal manner hasn't been trouble with the New York District Attorney. Rainbow Roll and the team have done a fabulous job in bringing back a She-Hulk I can recognize and relate to, channeling bits and bobs from all the great previous runs, but making it their own too. Here's hoping this run just lasts a very, very long time. Finally, a quick note on the second hardcover collection of Adventure Man by Matt Fraction, Terry Rachel Dodson, and Clayton Cowles. Unlike the first volume, the solicitations for this one didn't do it any favors as they failed to mention the, well, voluminous extra material that takes up the last 40 pages of this hefty and gorgeous tome. Look, I knew that this would be the way of things, but come on, Diamond and Image 2, you, you do potential buyers a solid. Let them know that's going to be in this book, that you're going to have the DVD extras of a lifetime at the back of this book. The, th this collects issues five through nine of this wonderfully retro yet forward-thinking pulp adventure. Even if you bought the floppies as I did, owning them in this large nine and a half by twelve and a half format is the way to truly appreciate all its wonderment. So that is it for me. <laughs> Shit's falling down everywhere. What happened? I okay. So Bob, I bought. Adventure Man Volume 2 hardcover. Good for you. I just plucked it off of my shelf that's next to me. And, and it took down all my... Yeah, mm. all my medication bottles fell down. My uh, oversized hardcover Murder Falcon fell down. <laughs> oh, fell oh down. my god. <laughs> but I am... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ripping this open right now. Mm. Uh, here on the show. Live. It is, it is beautiful. Yes. I, I got one too. It, 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 you know, I was gonna say, put that up to the mic. We get that ASMR up here. It, Bob, can you? Sure. I have a question for you. With Adventure Man, I was reading it again, and I couldn't remember issue like it felt like the second arc started with issue six. Sorry. Well, in essence, yes, because the we had a cliffhanger at the end the last time that first of arc issue wraps four. up in issue five here. Yes. Right, and I was like reading issue five, and I was like, I was reading the start of the book, and I was like, what, what, did, 
I thought we did this already. And, and, and I couldn't remember if it had just been a holdover from the, because I remember that first volume kind of like unceremoniously stopped for a while. Yeah. Um, after issue four and we were all like, what's going to happen. And then I guess, okay, that makes more sense. Issue five was like the finish the arc. And then, and the, and the okay, same here sense. where nine ends with what's going to happen next kind of thing. And, and that's uh, Matt fraction and the Dodson's plan is to keep doing this, uh, a couple of more arcs, a couple of standalones. It depends on the sales. Yeah. I'm sure this, the, the, the single issues are selling moderately well. As, yeah. as, as something like that's going to do with this pedigree. These books are so gorgeous. I mean, I bought volume one for a friend for Christmas last year. They're getting volume two this year. <laughs> At this size where you can see this artwork as what it looked like when Terry and Rachel Dotson put it on the page, I'm in. And then when you, you get to read about how they did it, how it's created, Matt Fraction's origin story is, is in here, no less. It's just brilliant stuff. And this is why I, I bought five single issues for whatever it was, 20 bucks. But buying this this gigantic, wonderful, gorgeous book for another 25, I don't care. I don't care. I'll support mm-hmm. the book singles and something this special, this different, and the attention to detail in this volume. This is why you reprint things in hardcover. It's absolutely gorgeous. I just thought yeah. through it a little bit. <laughs> it's it's incredible. I can't wait to to get back in there and read it. I'm going to read uh, both of them back to back. I haven't seen any of the new issues yet. So well, this just, is a way like, to read them. Going through it. Look, look read yeah. the first one because you're going to need the cliffhanger leading into this one. Oh, and, I'm I'm absolutely yeah. going to read the first. I'm going to need to because I I need to refresh myself uh, for all the stuff. Claire and her little boy calling her Adventure Mom. I'm not Adventure Mom. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, Fra- Fraction so is a is a like Steve needs to not have any distractions and oh absolutely sit, sit down and just get absorbed or else it's all going to go over my head. Well, uh, as me as a, as a person who look, I'm old, I get it, but having read lots of Doc Savage books, love things like Dave Stevens' The Rocketeer. Well, this is this is that. In a modern setting, it is it is still that retro thing, and it, it it revels in that, but gives you enough modern insight that those people who I can't care about, I don't know who cares about the shadow or whatever. Well, you know what? You'll care about Claire and her family and all that's going on in this in this new age because Fraction and the Dodsons have really bonded them together in a way that's that's really kind of special. It's kind of an amazing book. That no one knows about, except we talk about it here. <laughs> Speaking of amazing books, She-Hulk oh. was an absolute delight. I think reading the words mechanical sigh yeah. <laughs> absolutely positively killed me. And I love this new era that we're in now between the She-Hulk Attorney at Law show on Disney Plus and this She-Hulk is getting some. Yes. yes, and it's nice to see her happy and and celebrating that, and it's Again. it's very cool. Yeah. And I coming I love off the of, tie-ins. Yeah, coming off mm-hmm. the last couple of years that have she has not been good for her. Yeah, getting blown up and killed and whatever. Yeah, this is this is definitely. I'm, I'm with you, it, Steve. It feels like a like a liberating era for her. 
And I think that that's very cool. It's a fun way to read that character. Um, much more enjoyable than when she's, you know, going through it with her, with her identity. There's still a little bit of that stuff too, but not so much in this run. Um, they're focusing a lot on the relationship, which I think has been built really, really well. And I, I like them together. I care about them being together. And the idea that like this story is now roping in some of, uh, Rainbow's work on the Runaways. Yes, is, I, I didn't just, want to spoil that, but go ahead. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a wanna... great it's a great marriage of the two the two brands and the the two you know things that she wrote. She wrote Runaways for a really long yes. time and did an absolutely phenomenal job with it. It was so good. Um, and then bringing bringing that sensitivity and some of those fun characters to this, uh, it just feels right, and it's it's a lot of fun. I'm with you. I, I, as a She-Hulk fan from way, way back, it's just a pleasure to to read this. As you say, it's it's a character where she enjoys what her life is, and she, could she have self doubts here and there? Yes, but it, that shouldn't consume her entirely. And so, mm-hmm. when in the Avengers you had her as the this brutal She-Hulk, Hulk smash kind of character, it's like, wow, do you not get it, people? If service is your story, but doesn't do anything for the character. And right. as you can see her here, do yourself a favor. Read, go reread the slot run. Read Charles Soule. Read, read John Byrne. And you'll 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 go down a, a shulky hole you'll never come out of. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> this, this series feels like it's giving her an opportunity to breathe. Yeah, which I think perfect. is really nice, and and it's it's something that the character has de- has deserved for a really long time, at least the last few years, and this feels like that series, you know, the from from the beginning, and it it feel I feel like this has been going on forever, and we're only seven issues in. It just feels like maybe there were big gaps in between one arc and the next. Uh, there but was anyway. a skip. There was a skip month, I think, but honestly. Rainbow is writing this so well, it feels as if she should have been writing it for a long time. So maybe that's what we're pulling into it. Yeah. Yeah, totally agreed. I absolutely love it. Uh, spoilers, is one of my favorite things of the year. And uh, I like the new art, too. There's a yeah. there's a new artist on this uh, this time around. And um, I wasn't as thrown by it as I had anticipated because it usually takes me a while to get to get into it. But, like, give me a page or two. And I was right there with it, and it looks great. It's a it's a nice compliment to the uh, original style that we had last arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we we managed not to spoil the new villain, or or the, yes. or her new client, which is good. People should yeah. be surprised. By the way, did you get the Jen Bartel cover? Uh, I am picking this up digitally, oh. so technically, yes. Yes, okay. Jen's been doing fantastic work on the covers throughout this run, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. I never remember to mention those because they're sometimes variants or, but it's Jen Bartel. So of course. Mm. Yep. It's a stupendous series. Uh, and unfortunately I'm behind on poison Ivy because I am oh my now waiting for, oh. for DC. I know, I know, believe me, there are certain, I've been so good. I haven't bought any of the DC stuff. I'm waiting. This Tuesday should be when, new stuff or stuff in in my continuity drops for me for the first time 
I'm finally oh. going to be caught up. But there are things that I'm not buying anymore on the week that come out that it's killing me not to be caught up with them. Poison Ivy, will yeah. this issue will break your heart and have you pumping your <sighs> fist at the same time. No! That's the kind of book that. it is. It look, It is G. Willow Wilson, who we've been that. fans of around here on everything she's done, but mm-hmm. Poison Ivy... <sighs> In, in the mainline books has had a, a rough go of it. Too many things going at once and where is she at and where, where's Pamela at? And if you read the animated version and it's, it's all that sort of different. This pulls together a lot of the emotional threads. Most of this run, as you already know, Steve, but for those who don't, our narration has basically been the letters that Ivy is sending back to Harley. And so that right away pulls you into an emotional place in the way she describes what's going on. She, she, she's doing some bad things here. She did some very bad things here. There's no question. I don't want to spoil for people who are going to catch up, but she has reasons for doing it. She's protecting the earth and so on and so forth. And it's misguided perhaps the way she does it, but not purely evil, evil. And in allowing herself to tell her own story, it's a brilliant tactic by, by G. Willow Wilson. We're, we're hearing her thought process. And it's the whys and the wherefores. And as things shift in her mind, issue to issue, panel to panel sometimes, you're getting an insight that I don't know that anyone's ever given Dr. Isley. That's awesome. Love it. Love yeah, I've just so I've started catching up on this on the app too now because you've been recommending it so much, yeah. Bob. Oh. oh, it's so good. Yes, it is. It's beautiful to look at, beautiful to it read. It is. Good stuff. I love Ivy. She can do whatever she wants. I support her rights and her wrongs. <laughs> well, her, her wrongs are wrong only in their execution, not maybe in their ideas behind them. Sometimes you got to get drastic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, the Earth has changed a few times. Though there were yeah. look, the dinosaurs were here for 150 million years, and you know it was their time, and it was gone. A meteor hit. Yeah. All those bugs exactly. back in the Permian, they all disappeared. Maybe it's our time right. to disappear. You know. That's what Ivy thinks, and I support it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, she's a, she's in her vigilante shit era, so let's let okay. her Okay. <laughs> could, could Taylor Swift play Poison Ivy? Hmm. I think if she were going to play one of the sirens, it would probably be Harley. Oh. What, okay. do you, what do you think, Joey? Joey, weigh in. You know, when you said Poison Ivy there, I, I started thinking about it. <sighs> He's so serious. I don't know. I, I got to think about it a little bit more. It's hard, right? Yeah. All right. Well, you, well, you think about that. We'll, <laughs> we'll move on back. to. We'll circle back. You got a you got a lightning round before I come back to you, Chris. Yes. Chris is Chris is going to go while Joey thinks about thinks about it's important. It's important. <laughs> Well, I jumped back into uh, the Tim Drake issue, which is the only DC comic I'm still buying despite having the app. So <laughs> I needed my Tim immediately. Um, I 
I remained so mixed on this series. I really, I don't know. I love the story and where it's going. I think it's very interesting. Um, it has a much better sense of Tim Drake's internal life than I thought in internal life that I think she did in his special that she did before. Like, I think she's really getting into his psyche. The art is throwing me though. I don't know if anyone else is still reading it, but oh my God, I'm trying that so Riley hard. That Riley Rossmo art. It can really, it can really elevate a book huh? or it can totally weird one out. It's, it's, he looks like a Q-tip and I cannot, <laughs> it's, I like, I like the art, the artist in other places. So I'm with you, yeah. Steve, on that. But oh my God, I can't tell who anyone is. There was a full like f- five pages of this issue where I was like, yes, this is Tim. He's disguised as a detective. And then I realized it was the Asian detective. They look the same. I could not tell. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> looks like a Thanksgiving Day parade float without the strings. I do. Whoa! So it's it's like blonde one, brunette one. I don't know which brunette one, which blonde one. If Look, they change outfits, I'm sunk. I, <laughs> I love me some Riley Rossmo art. We know we know on this podcast that me and yes. Riley go way way yeah. back. Thing is, over the year, like his his early stuff. Yes. Used to be very almost like Ben Temple Smith ish, yes. or that like macabre uh, Lovecraftian world, and yes. and yeah. over the years it's become a, like Chris said, a lot more bulbous and cartoony, yeah. or like Invader Zimish, and it it, it wow, it, but not <laughs> but Invader Zim manages to distinguish characters. I love Invader Zim and like Jonah Vasquez, who... uh, uh, Johnny the Homicidal Maniac is yeah. just some of the best stuff. Yeah, and you, you know who, how who is who in that. And I think this is a problem with Gotham in general, is that there are about 20 characters in Gotham who out of costume are the same person. And, <laughs> and it's like, there's been jokes about it. If people remember back to the Scott Snyder run where he had them all lined up and it looked like a Russian nesting doll of Bruce Wayne's. <laughs> and so it's like a thing, right? If you have a world like that, you can't then further make it hard to distinguish who anyone is. Because <laughs> yeah. it was confusing. I genuinely didn't know who Tim was unless he was in the Robin costume ever ever in this issue and considering he's undercover for part of it it was kind of important (laughs) Um, so it really threw me um as far as the like story goes i do really love that we're leaning into sherlock drake (laughs) like he is (laughs) he is having these like mental calculations you see him zooming his like vision in on fingerprints and oh i see this here and that proves this it's so fun it's so tim and i love it um, I also love that she's finally like fully embraced. He is dating Bernard. He is, you know, bisexual as hell. It's like not subtext at all anymore. It's here. And so I love all of that. But oh my God, give me like title cards of who's who in any scene. That's all I need now. <laughs> I do so really they do like it this. Like a Legion of Superheroes where they put a little floating floating yes. label next to yeah. it. Please. If you're going to keep the art, everybody needs name tags. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I cannot. Hello, my name is Robin. Yeah. Right. I Hello, my like name is convention, right? At all scenes, every scene. I, I mean, I'm serious. The Detective Williams is an Asian man. I should be able to tell him from a white teenage boy. <laughs> I One can't. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. I forgot I had... This happens every time I talk about the Tim Drake issues. I forget there's more lightning round to come. I'm like, <laughs> wind myself up too hard. Oh. <laughs> 
But speaking of the app, I actually did what I said I was going to do last time I was on, and I read uh, Sword of Azrael, the new one that's coming out, um, Dan Dan Waters, and I forgot to write down who everyone else was. I'm so sorry. Hold on. Actually, <laughs> I screen capped it. Uh, it's Dan Waters, Nicola, I think you say... Um, how do you Shim- say... Uh... Oh, God. No, I really don't know how to say her last name. Ches... Uh, Chesmaha, maybe? Sure. Um, and Marissa Louise. And um, I love Azriel. I know he's not many people, like on many people's list of favorite characters, but I just love him. Azriel is winter soldier for people with religious trauma. And <laughs> I, I'm not wrong. <laughs> um, he is, it's the whole thing, right? He's been programmed, he can be activated, but it's like, also religious drama, and I love it. Uh, this story is a really fun exploration of him trying to genuinely like go through the Falcon and Winter Soldier-esque deprogramming. He is trying to get rid of the part of himself that listens to the angel and tells him to kill, but he gets drugged back into it, as one always does if you are in any way, shape, or form related to Gotham. Um, by trying to save a girl who is in danger or maybe actually is the danger. Mm. Um, (laughs) It's a really trippy, like mind fucky kind of psychological thing. If you liked, if you liked the show Legion, I think you would love Sword of Asriel um, because it's that kind of thing. And I love it. Other than that, my webtoon of the week is Survival Diary. It just began. It is a zombie survival story uh, about a girl who gets infected, but for some reason doesn't fully change. And a guy who is immune, who come together to try to find his family. It is like part um, like diary of a survival guide type of thing and part like really sweet story but also so many bloody zombies literally all over the place and i love it a lot um and i will wrap up because steve asked me to i played cult of the lamb and i do know where i put the porta potties and so (laughs) i came back with that um before i get to that cult of lamb is so much fun you all know how i love cults on the show it was it's amazing i will say i was not expecting my life as a cult leader to be so demanding oh my god these followers are ridiculous they ask so much of me um i just came here to be worshipped and they want me to like cook them meals it's ridiculous (laughs) hire someone for that i'm working on it but like you know it's a startup um (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what it is. It really is. I was like, how to start how to start a cult in like 10 easy steps, basically. Um, you know, when when Bronwyn told me this game was hard, I was like, the fighting is hard. And it, it kind of is, but no, what's really hard is keeping these damn people happy. They are like ready to dissent at every moment, and it's driving me insane. That said, I absolutely find find a find a celebrity spokesman. That's I'm working on it, but uh, Tom Cruise isn't answering my call. Um, <laughs> maybe think, Jared, I'll get Jared Leto on the phone. <laughs> I think you have a higher tolerance for game systems than I do, like game games, like mechanics and and things like that. Because what I found with Cult of the Lamb, really, really enjoyed it. It looks incredible. Oh, the God, art style gorgeous. that they chose for it is so awesome, and it's so much fun to engage with. I really like the combat. Yeah, me I too. like the the dungeon crawly aspect to it. The ramp up, though, of the micromanaging the cultists and 
like they throw a lot oh at my god you they do systems wise as to like you know sacrifice this person get this yeah. person to worship you where are you gonna put this item that you've now earned and then you gotta feed them and then oh no they're gonna shit in the field and you gotta go and pick <laughs> it up before somebody eats it so <laughs> it get it got you know? very it, it got it was like it was chill for a little bit Yes. And then they really, really hit the gas, and I just yes. noped out. I was like, "Oh man, now you're you." This is where those types of games mm. lose me. But every time you talk about it, it makes me want to go back. Right? I think I think you. I, I hit that point too. And I gotta say, like my actual life is really stressful right now, so I'm just channeling it all into building a cult, which is a normal and healthy way to process things. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> So I don't know. It might have got me over that hump because I know the hump you're talking about. It's when you get like five or six followers, but you yeah. don't you don't yet have enough for things to be easier, and you have too many for it to be like simple to manage them. But as the more you get, it does some things get easier. It's a little like Stardew Valley in that way. Like at first you're struggling, but eventually things become self sustaining. So like okay. I I have some of them assigned to do the farming. Now I have a janitor to clean up the poop for me. I'm not doing it myself. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like there, you get, yeah. you set up a system that self-sustains to some degree. Um, and you yeah, know, I didn't make it that far. You know, you're mentioning complaining about the sacrificing. I think that maybe we have a different mentality as cult leaders. I systematically use the sacrifices to get rid of my dissenters as soon as they get mad at me. Well, that's, I mean, it's <laughs> not, I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. It was just, that was kind of the kickoff because after you mm -hmm. sacrifice that first uh, dissenter yeah. is when they start to pile on all of the like micromanaging and things oh. like that. And if, if I'm playing that type of game in the mm. wrong headspace, I ah. have like a thousand other things unplayed that I could go to. I have a problem mm. with buying games and not playing them. That's I've been fair. going through our backlog for most of this year, which has been great. Yeah, that's fair. I think this one, I don't know. There's something so funny about making cult leadership into a mundane, like, reality sim that i just have like been amused by it like it's hilarious to me that i have genuine conversations right now about this game and i'm like i can't decide do i sacrifice the one that's an easy to like manipulate because he's like kind of ruining the vibe of the place or do i sacrifice the one that doesn't like sacrifices and thus negate that problem like what do you think i should do <laughs> all right two questions one yes. what did you name your cult um, I named it the blinding light. Thank you. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed by the amount of room that they gave you, the amount yeah. of characters that you were given to, to name the cult. All right. And I the agreed. last question, where did you put your porta bodies? I put them near ish to where everyone was sleeping so they could get there quickly, <laughs> but also kind of far away. So they wouldn't smell it because you know, I'm considerate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, that, what you got to do is you got to put the prison right uh, in the middle of them. Oh. Like, like just flank it with porta potties. Oh, I like that. Okay, That's I'm going to do it. Do. I'm going to do it. I was going to put the prison by the body pit as like a warning, but I, I hear what you're saying. Just a 24-7 <laughs> scent of urinal cake. Maybe I should, move, I should move the porta potties to the body pit and then put the prison there and just make it a very unpleasant experience for everyone. There you go. Yeah. You don't want to go to that part of the island. Trust me. <laughs> Though I do that. That would mean that my followers have to walk past the dead bodies to go pee. Yeah. Now, now you're talking. 
Send him a message. That's what Vlad the Impaler did. He impaled 200,000 Turkish soldiers and made the army walk through them. Oh, they maybe have, this is a bad guy. <laughs> they haven't allowed me to like display bodies as warning yet, but I assume that's coming. Go for some I'll impalement. You, I'm that, saying that's the thing. That's I'll in the video you know. game that I'm playing right now uh, that I'll talk about in my lightning round. But yes, I have I have experienced that very thing just yesterday. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was quite something. Let me tell you. Oh. Bob, did you read Survival Diary? I loved Survival Diary. All four episodes, are, that's where you are yes. right now. The art is very stark. It but is, right? But it's beautiful and touching at the same time. Yeah. But, but we, we get to this point with our, our lead character, Lynn, where she's not quite sure of her place in this new world of zombies and stuff mm-hmm. going on. And the moment she finds... A little teddy bear to fix is so oh. touching, right? Little Ollie. I know. And, you, and and there's this quote. Uh, I think it's from the second one. Overall, the situation wasn't great. Yeah, there are zombies all over the place. <laughs> and how does one eat? It's about zombies. Yes, it's about all that sort of stuff. What I think yeah. it really is about. It's about being different. About never feeling that you fit in yeah. properly. Really well done. Nicely written. We're four episodes in. It could go. A lot of different ways from here on, but if they can keep this vibe, where I really care about these people and her, her new sort of friend, the Mister, Mister, mm-hmm. liking the vibe of where we're, we're going. So thank you for pointing this yeah. one out. Thank you for reading. It always makes me so happy to see your name beside my webtoons. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yay! <laughs> uh, Chris, you got anything else? That's it. All right. Coming back around to Mr. Joseph, what is your answer to the question that I don't remember that we asked before? So, you know, I've been thinking about it. I think, like, you know, the dream and the rumor was always that we would get Taylor Swift as Dazzler. Like, that was yes. always the dream. And That's good. I do think that her kind of like persona has moved past that but i kind of still want it if we're going for super villain taylor swift though i think that i i don't think harley quinn because i i just love margot Robbie's harley quinn That's so true. much that Fair. i just want it um i i i think i would love to see her as a gender-bent mad hatter <laughs> Oh my god, Joey, that's so good. <laughs> or or punchline. Like if you yes. really wanted to have her in the yes. in the in just like totally just like glamour out, dye her hair black, oh, you wouldn't be able to recognize her. I'm yeah, above it. I'm that's on board with I that. Want. I will say I've had this discussion with Broadwood. We've really got deep on this as what uh singer Taylor Swift would be in the Marvel universe. And I know people go with Dazzler, but I think Dazzler is Lady Gaga. Yeah. I think well, I don't Taylor- like Lady Gaga, so <laughs> that's fair. Um, but I think the vibe is very Lady Gaga. Taylor Swift, I think, is Dinah Lance. Reputation era specifically. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I also like Journey Smollett as, as um, Black Canary. But this is a multiverse situation, Joey. You can. I understand. I understand. I understand. Lila she Cheney. Have to be- she I was going to say Lila Cheney. One six. You know, she yeah. could be the other one. Yeah. 
How funny would it be if she was Lila Cheney and she's like, all right, y'all, she does like a beat and then she she teleports 4,000 yes. light years away. And like you don't see her for the rest of the movie. Like that's it. She's that in the would movie, be the like, kind of cameo she'd do too. Yeah. That's Aaron, do. that's a Aaron, that's a deep cut X-Men reference for you there. <laughs> I literally was like, the name sounds familiar. <laughs> Aaron's like, I got to get on Wikipedia for this yep. joke. <laughs> I'm like, can someone pause so I can, can jump in? Yeah. Who's Carly Rae Jemsen in the Marvel Universe? Just, <sighs> you can come back to it. We could let you come back yeah. to it later. I just wanted to know. Gender bet Mad Hatter is my, is my, is my Taylor Swift cast. Well, could, could she be Alice from Batwoman? No. No, okay. no, I want her in the top hat. I want her in the, the top, top hat. hat. Okay. <laughs> Not a fascinator, a full-on top hat. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think she'd be Alice. Alice is much more like a, like a Rilo Kelly or something like that. <laughs> that's <laughs> the thing. Like, Taylor Swift is, like, this is the thing that's really come out now that Taylor's kind of, like, come into her own over the last couple of albums. It's like, she's just kind of, like, a, a weirdo. Like, she's a straight-up weirdo. <laughs> And like she just like wants to hang out with her cats, like yes. so, and she just like drinks white wine all the time. So like yes. that to me is like she needs to be like this weird bat villain. Like I, that's I like what she that. needs to be. Oh my god, yes, I like it. I think I'm like over. when she was like pop star Taylor Swift, like that's when everyone was like Dazzler. Dazzler. Yes. But she's kind of moved out of that. So she's too weird for Dazzler. I she's agree. Too weird now. She's too weird. Now. <laughs> Kite man. Yes. Yeah, gender bed kite man would be the best. Gender bed kite man would be real fun. I actually like that yeah. a lot. I know yeah. what I'm cosplaying next year. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway, your lightning round, Joey. Anyway, you yeah, want a lightning round? round. <laughs> All right. Here, I'll do comics first here. So uh, I caught up with a couple of books and I accidentally read ahead in one book. So I'll talk about those. Um, I got like a dark horse corner for you here. I caught up with the last two issues of Survival Street, three and four, which also rounded out the whole series. Um, this was James Asmus, Jim Fastante, with art from Abby Kusainov and Ellie Wright. Um, you might have remember me talking about this one. This was the one that was like political satire with the kind of like uh, like freedom fighter guerrilla warfare, but they were Muppets. I don't know if you remember yes. this one. It yes. Was like, yes. Yes. yes, I do. Um, so I read issues three and four. And they are incredible. Um, issues one and two were a little bit heavy handed with the political satire stuff. Um, but issues three and four were a little bit more balanced. I love the artwork from Kusainov and Wright, like really wonderful, scratchy. Like I, I just, I think it's such a really dynamic style. Issue three in particular was really wonderful. Um, there's like this forest fire. And of course, all of the corporate interests that are now running the country are like, uh, you know, let it burn. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, Oh, but like those like ch children firefighters, which is like, so like these kids are the firefighters because these are the kids of mothers who could not raise the children, but were forced to carry the children to term in this kind of like politically kind mm. of like, you know, dystopian near future so everyone's like should we save the children and the corporate interests are like nah it doesn't matter so of course our salutation street buddies our muppets go in and save them so like mm -hmm. that one was a really kind of like 
you know, really interesting, prescient look at a lot of different issues and really kind of established our Muppets as heroes. And then issue four, really, um, if you wanted to see a bunch of neo-fascists get murdered in a carnival-esque setting, <laughs> like Sesame Place, yes, please. that's by by puppets, you know, like that, that's that's what that's what it's it's like Sesame Place gone wrong. Like that's what this issue or gone right. I don't know, it depends. Um uh, uh issue there. The thing that's great about it is like like a lot of the bad guys are like robotic versions of um Charlton Heston, which is like <laughs> Like, like, a, like a faux Charlton okay, Heston. Yeah. He's like, you know, it's, 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 you got to read it. It's, it's, it's really wonderful political satire. Um, and like I said, it gets better towards the end. I think uh, still a little heavy handed at times, but definitely better. I read the ones number one from Brian Michael Bendis and Jacob Edgar. Um, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I picked it, you know, it's Bendis. It's like, it, it, it had that kind of like, um, uh powers aesthetic you know in terms of the artwork from from jacob edgar the whole premise here is like all of these chosen ones who had like superpowers get like you know gathered together by this prophecy seer oracle person um to you know like get rid of the antichrist when the antichrist is born and everyone's like, nah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna mess up a baby. And then like the the cliffhanger to the first issue spoilers is like fast forward six years, and they were like, we should have messed up the baby, you know, because like the world is is like falling down around them. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, this one like just I could not get the tempo of it. And Aaron is convinced that the copy that we had is like wrong yes. in some way, <laughs> like the dialogue is wrong. But I'm like, no, I honestly just think the writing and the tempo of it is off because I I just don't, I could not, like, I could, I understood the whole book, but it was just the, it was not, I don't think it was well written, which is surprising given Bendis, but I just, it didn't, it it wasn't well written for me. Um, I also read Minor Threats number two and number three, not realizing that number three comes out this week. Uh, but anyway, so I read ahead a little bit. Minor Threats is the book from Patton Oswalt and Jordan Blum um, with art by Scott Hepburn and, and colors by our favorite Ian Herring. Uh, so if you remember, I talked about Minor Threats number one. Uh, Stickman murders Kid Dusk, the teen sidekick of Insomniac, the hero um, who has ears and wears a black cape. Um, so Insomniac goes on like a murderous rampage all around the city, you know, and his like Justice League version, the continuum is like trying to stop him by like gathering up all the supervillains. So these like D like not even D list, like worse than D list, like bank robber supervillains who like have like gimmicks. Like one of our main characters, like has a bunch of Rubik's cubes and like (laughs) toys. And it's like, you know, it's like the playmaker, you know, like, um, so like, so it's just like these like really like D-list supervillains are like not even super, our D-list villains are like uh the insomniac is raging all around people are dying like we need to find Stickman and get rid of him and turn him over to the insomniac to stop this. So minor threats is all about these like D-list like D-list villains just like trying to survive. And you know issue 2 is great like they they try to like break into they 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 try to get into like this super elite like super villain like 
ice pick lounge kind of place. Um, it's really wonderful. It's a wonderful riff on superhero comics and supervillains generally. And, you know, if you love those books like um, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, like, like it's always fun seeing those D-list villains that were really gimmicky and all the rage in like the 70s and 60s, you know, in a modern kind of gritty era. So that's a great book as well. Um, I also read an image book called hell to pay by Charles soul and will sliney. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know what to expect with this one. It was interesting. You know, there's this married couple and they're basically trying to like hunt down all of the like coins from hell. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that's it basically. So, you know, and there's like, there's like a lot of backstory here about like demons and like capitalism in hell. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> um, the conflict is interesting. The characters are interesting. The art from Sliney is fantastic. You know, if you read his work on Spider-Man, it was great. Um, here's, here's, here's where they lost me though, with hell to pay at the end of the book. There's like this, like, thanks for reading note from Charles soul. And he's like, I envision this play playing out over 50 issues and seven volumes. And I'm like, no, no, you're not like, let's slow down. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like get out of here, bro. Um, I, look, it was interesting. Uh, the artwork is fantastic. The premise is interesting as well. I, I don't know if I'll be back for issue two, let alone issues two through 59 Ooh. or whatever the hell he's got planned. Um, I, I don't know. Steve read it too. So, so, so he'll give you his thoughts. I just really quickly want to touch on two other things that I did this weekend. Um, I watched director by night, uh, which is the Marvel assembled kind of documentary that they've been doing on Disney plus of all of their TV shows and movies and stuff about how they were made. Um, but this one's really, it's different and I really, really enjoyed it. It's um, like a process film about Michael Giacchino's like first time directing. He's been a the composer, composer yeah. for so long, but the person who produced and directed the documentary is his brother, Anthony Giacchino. So it's, it's actually more of a kind of like family story. And like they interview his mom and dad. And he's like, ma, dad, like when you were, when we were growing up in New Jersey, another reason why I loved it, you know, like when we were growing up in New Jersey, like, and you gave Mike his first super eight camera, did you think they would get here? And like, they're making meatballs at the table and they're like, Oh, you know, he, he makes music too. You know, like it's, it's really lovely. And it's so, it's just a really intimate and wonderful look at this guy who just like loves movies, you know, and loved making movies as a kid. And there's this great sequence at the end where like, you know, the actual making of Werewolf by Night is not the center of this film at all. Oh. Like, it's it's really about him, like, loving making movies in the early, late 70s, early 80s with a Super 8 camera and, like, firecrackers and, you know, um, like, uh, blood mix that they made in the garage with his buddies at, like, the factory on the corner and at the high school parking lot, you know? Oh. And there's this really wonderful moment at the end of the documentary where, like, Anthony gets Michael and his like high school friends who are now in their like forties and fifties to like reunite at the high school. And they kind of like reminisce about drama club and like how they got together to make their first movie, like time bandits or whatever it's called, you know? Um, and it was just like a really refreshing and really 
wonderfully intimate and personal insight that humanized all of these creators, you know? And like, oftentimes we're like, oh, these directors and writers and actors, they're all these like really, you know, difficult to touch people all the way up there. But end of the day, like he was just a kid in Jersey who liked making movies, you know? And, and the, the documentary really kind of captures that. So um, I, I recommend it. I, I found it really, really moving and really wonderful um, and lovely that it was kind of a, a family affair. So, and obviously this past weekend too, gearing up for Thursday, I watched Black Panther again, um, which I've watched many times, obviously, but watching it's for the worst first time. I The first time I've watched it since, since Chadwick Boseman passed away, first of all, and he is just a force in that film. Just really, really wonderful. Um, the whole cast is amazing. And that movie, that movie like Aquaman and like Shang-Chi, like the, like those movies try to do so much. And they tell so much story and they work with so many characters. And every time I watch it, part of me is like, it's because they didn't know if they were going to get a second one, you know, like all of those movies that are like Mm -hmm. created by and highlighting particular characters who look a particular way or from a particular part of the world. Like there's no guarantee, you know? So those movies are so big and they are throwing everything at the wall and it, and, and they're saying this, that this is our chance to make this big budget superhero film for people who look like us about people who look like us we're gonna do it and and black panther is was really one of the kind of big moments in that kind of filmmaking you know um and it is it is really astounding that film um it holds up for sure and you know for all of the kind of um quibbles that people have about some of the CG later in the, in the film because of budget and time and whatever, because they really rushed that film through, which is also very impressive. Um, I think it holds up and I, I still think it looks really great for what it is. And, and the music is stupendous, the costumes, the world, like it is just an amazing, amazing, amazing feat that black Panther exists, that it's as amazing as it is that the, 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 that we're going to get a second one that is from just the initial reactions that, that are coming out, um, I'm sure will transcend, you know, um, that, that first one is astounding and it, it won Oscars like black Panther won Oscars, uh, which is, is amazing as well. So that's what I've been up to. Uh, some comics, a lot of watching stuff, but yeah. Yes. I watched black Panther this afternoon when I saw it on your list and, that's probably the fourth or fifth time I've seen it. It is, it is grand opera. Oh yeah. It is melodrama. It is everything, you know, but it it all hangs together because the, the parts written for these great actors require real acting and real emotion. And it all works together. Minor characters all mean something. They all have a moment. Mbuku eventually, I don't want to spoil too much. It's, well, here's a guy you think is a real jerk. Maybe not. Maybe he just has his own yeah. point of view, and everyone gets to have a point of view here. Killmonger is one of Marvel's great villains. Yeah. You, you you don't agree with him, but you kind of get it. And when people were, even me at some point, saying, well, you know, Thanos has a point. No, he doesn't really. Killmonger has a point about where the world is at. It's the wrong way to look at it. 
but you can follow along with his way of thinking, and that makes his character more impressive as we go on. As you say, that third act CGI gets a little wonky. It doesn't it doesn't affect though the emotions that follow it. That scene of them sitting on the ledge. It's great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. It yeah. is just a super, super movie. I think it's my third favorite of all the Marvel movies at this point. Yeah, it's it's really it's so astounding. Hundred percent. I can't believe that's this weekend. That sequel coming out. That that was also one of the first MCU movies too that was like, here's a solo film. It's two hours and thirty minutes long. You yeah. know, like they they were like, we're doing it. And then I go back, Aquaman was the same way, Shang-Chi was the same way. Like, there's no guarantee. And and I remember this when the movie came out too. I was like, there in an alternate universe, they let this movie be three movies, you know? But but I'm I mean, I'm glad they didn't, because that movie is amazing mm-hmm. and packed filled with surprises and wonderful moments and so much drama. It, it's it's incredible. But you know, it's it's uh, it's the 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 world that that movie establishes uh, is just astounding. Indeed. So, as of now, there are seven books planned in the shrouded college story. Yeah, I was each like, a mini series of six issues. Oh, I'll say this. <laughs> this is the hell to pay book by the yeah, way yeah 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 um i feel like it's been a while it's been a hot minute since i've read a i mean charles soul is doing uh eight billion genies but this year has been the first year that i've heard from him probably since daredevil well you uh, haven't been reading the star right, he's been doing the star wars, wars up the yeah, just... yeah no i completely bypass all that stuff but the idea that he's coming at this as such an ambitious thing that he has planned and wants to see out i'm willing to give it a shot but i think it's going to take a collected arc for me to really dig my heels in it has like a pulpy like uncharted adventure vibe to it yeah and i think go ahead i was not expecting you know you look at the cover and even like the opening scene is like we're going to hell right and then all of a sudden it becomes this like adventure caper a la like the mummy, you know, like you the know what it Fraser reminds mummy. me of it reminds me of Red Notice that mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds and uh, movie. yeah, stupid ass movie. <laughs> it was a stupid ass movie, but it has it has a little bit of that uh, like adventure vibe to it. Yeah. I but just like with legit demons. And that's yeah. where I was confused because I didn't, See, I didn't know what I'm the vibe board. was. I like that though. Like I like that there's this weird ass backdrop for all of this stuff to fall back on. Like they're going to venture into hell at some point and that's bound to be a good time. Yes, it <laughs> always is. I don't know. That'll that, be that'll be book 4 though, you know. That like that drone shot though of you seeing hell in action with like like towers flanked on all sides of all these different souls and these demons with these huge tentacles and stuff walking by with clipboards and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. And I can't help but think that there's going to be some kind of lawyery aspect to this. Cause with Charles solo, there's, there always is. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's one of those, I read it. I expected to be a little more hyped up for it by the time that I had finished, 
but I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to walk away from it just yet. So we'll see. Okay. Hear me out. No. <laughs> hear it's me, like, I, hear I know where this out. is going. <laughs> okay. Taylor Swift is Poison Ivy. Carly Rae Jensen <laughs> is Harley Quinn. And Janelle Monet is Catwoman. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right. Come on now. I've done it. I was thinking about that the entire time. Uh, wow. <laughs> Not listening to my lightning round. I, I, I contributed many a laugh. Um, you made me convinced to get the minor threats. But in the meantime, I was minor thinking of the important things. Minor threats. Look, I read a lot of Dark Dark Horse has been doing this kind of like pulpy satire stuff for a a couple of years now. They're kind of like finding their niche. I like Survival Street. There are moments of it where I'm like, this is a little gratuitous or like Mm -hmm. this is a little too heavy handed. Mm-hmm. book like minor threats i think has some commentary in it as well mm-hmm. but because it's dealing in a little bit more of this kind of genre stuff with the mm-hmm. superheroes i think it handles it with a little bit more care and also it, like i love superhero satire stuff like i mentioned superior foes the the jimmy olsen stuff like yes. i i love that the, anything that mark russell does like I, like mm-hmm. i, I yes. love that kind of superhero tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. satire stuff so i think i would say of the two i think minor threats is a more more mm-hmm. palatable read and a and a and a more energetic read yeah. survival streets got its up and downs but if you like muppets if yeah. you like intense political satire it's also worth checking out survival street sounds like you, you brought up mark russell and i was literally just about to mention him it sounds a little like they were trying to do a snagglepuss type thing but didn't quite have his yeah and you know it, his, not like not his not his like subtlety and he's, like he's nuance. incredible at that nobody does it like him like yeah. genuinely wonder twins is one of my favorite comics of all time yeah. the commentary in that is like incredible so I think like, it, it's hard to do that though. When like the like when the 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 Elmo coaster, it's not Elmo, it's like the <laughs> Milo coaster like spins off the wheels and like beheads all of these paramilitary people. I'm like, ah, that's a lot, you know. I, I like I get it, but like, ah, <laughs> ah, you know, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Mark Russell would have had that moment be a deep, like c- crying filled scene of people talking <laughs> on a bench. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. <laughs> But it was fun, and and when it ended at issue four, with a a, a very interesting kind of finale to it, um, I was like, oh, I wonder if I wonder if we're gonna get a second volume. Um, seeing Pat Oswalt on on Minor Threats is also crazy. Like yeah. uh, uh, Pat Oswalt's like, I wrote a comic. It's like cool, and it's actually really good. So you know, yeah, yeah I love that for him. Good for him. I, t- I don't know why that sounded patronizing. I meant it. <laughs> it was very, very pat on the head. I, I love that journey. Pat in the head. I love that for you. That's I, so good. I love so that nice. journey for you, David. You know. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we're almost at the end of the series again. <laughs> I started rewatching it again this week, too. Oh, oh God. We're not great. watching anything else. It's so ridiculous. We need yeah. to stop. We need to go back to other movies and shows. Do you? Or could you potentially watch it forever? I think you could. God. It's too much. It's a sickness. It's such a great show. <laughs> Everyone should feel a little bit of excess at some point in their lives. Catherine O'Hara in that show is just 
amazing. Incredible. She's so great. I am watching a show right now that has the actors that played Mutt and Twyla in it okay. called Surreal Estate. And they're literally ghost hunting real estate agents. And it is hilarious. I love uh, it so much. It's so good. Right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so good. Another thing. I got to do a lightning round. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Somebody give me some lightning. Okay. What do I got for you now? Uh, Deadpool. He's back. He's got a new movie coming out and he's got a new comic book on the shelves. Deadpool number one, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Martin Kokolo, uh, colors by Niraj Menon, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. Deadpool one begins with, so you're probably wondering how I got here. One of those record scratch scenario moments uh, in which Wade finds himself strapped to a table and being experimented on by Harriet Brahms, a.k.a. the Harrower, a.k.a. Marvel's answer to Poison Ivy? Question mark. Uh, Harriet found a piece of null symbiote, symbiote, whatever they want to say these days, from the absolute carnage event that happened a while back and thinks Wade is the perfect host to help create a new unkillable breed of the symbiote. Wade has taken uh, is was taken hostage while on a mission from the I can't pronounce this A T E L I E R. Anyone? No. Atlier. 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 All right. Well, Atlier is a is a group of assassins that are basically the highest paid assassins. If you're in this group, you are eating well. Uh, you're doing jobs for them, and they're going to pay you hand over fist. Wade, being someone who likes money wants to be a part of this group really bad. So they've set a task for him that he has to kill Dr. Octopus in a finite window of time. If he completes the task, he gets to join the group, which includes some of the highest paid assassins ever, blah, blah, blah. Kokolo's art is absolutely spectacular. It looks like tarot card art applied to a 34-page comic. It is really beautiful and striking. Uh, Wade feels like he's got a stir in his pants for a non-binary character named <laughs> yes. Valentine Vuong, which is quite cool. Um, very cool design for this character. They have um, almost like crystal arms and little uh, needles that come out of their fingertips as they're walking around. And there's just, there's, there's an air about them when they're on the page. They're very, very, very cool. Uh, and there are plant monsters everywhere trying to kill everybody, which is always a lot of fun. It is positively gorgeous and a fun number one with lots of strange support characters to challenge Deadpool during his mission. Uh, most of the banter and jokes landed for me, and I'm excited to see how Wade adapts to carrying out missions while a symbiote is growing within him. Uh, he does not like those things. He, he complains a lot when it's first revealed to him that that is what is going on. Uh, I will quickly mention that Texas Blood number 19, Chris Condon, and, um, oh my God, Jacob Phillips, I believe, on art. Um, my God, there's something about that world and, and, and that Texas Blood that just hits me in that like crime drama part of my soul that I love so, so much. Um, this was kind of like a serial killer arc that we've been reading where the killer is actually in the town with everyone and you're kind of watching everything happen in real time. The, my favorite thing about this uh, conclusion to this arc 
I love the story. I like the way it ended, but the art in this particular issue was just something else is all of this stuff is happening. The climax of the story is happening during a snowstorm and it's super, super wicked. And so the entire book is just bathed in this like beautiful blue, white, snow squall artwork with all the like police lights coming through the fog and kind of coloring the snow uh, as you're looking at it in the book and everything. And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and you get to see one of my favorite characters completely lose it at one point and uh, exact some revenge for being put revenge. in a very precarious situation. <laughs> and um, man, in those moments, I was, I, you talk about fist pumping. I was definitely fist pumping a little bit. And then I became a little concerned. And I was like, maybe somebody should stop this. <laughs> um, very, very cool. I'm, I'm excited that there's seemingly no end in sight for this. I, I had no idea that this was what it was when I first started reading. I think it was John that turned me on to this. And it's just become one of my favorite things. I read it every time it comes out. Um, I love the world. I love the characters and each story has been different and fun and just adds to kind of the, the legacy of this town and these people that are living there. And uh, I like it when you reach a point in an ongoing comic where you legitimately care about like a whole town's worth of people and not just the main characters. Like there, there, there are, characters in this story in particular that I really, really warmed to and uh, watching them kind of get their day was, uh, was nice after a lot of tragedy before that. So um, next on my list, I have a book from boom studios called behold behemoth number one. Yeah, this is the one. This is written by Tate Bromball with uh, illustrated by uh, Mark Ro uh, Nick Robles and letters by and world design. Okay. I'm going to try my best with this. This is kind of one of those things that you just have to read because you need to experience it. Grayson is heading to Orville, Louisiana for his brother's funeral, but during the service, he feels himself drifting from reality while being pulled into another world. As a caseworker, it's Grayson's job to investigate complaints brought against clients when Grayson goes to a familiar yet troubled home, he discovers an unlikely connection with a little girl living at the house. How are they connected? Did they meet in another life? In another reality, perhaps? The situation is ca causing Grayson to lose sleep. He's hallucinating, and he's run ragged. And ah, yes, there's a shadow looming around him everywhere he goes, and it's getting bigger. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but things eventually go to shit. And this disturbing story about a man losing his grip on reality transforms into something else entirely by the time you reach the final page. I loved this. I read it three times. It was so good. Uh, slight spoilers for uh, Beyond Behemoth. I have already bolded uh, Nick Robles' uh, name on my end of the year list of considerations. Uh, Nick's style is dreamy and extremely compelling. It's like if Stephanie Hans and Tula Lote had a kid and that kid kicked uh, the box of Crayola paints all over their parents' comic book <laughs> pages. 
the pages are like super saturated with color and the pages depicting Grayson's breakdowns have this drippy oozing aesthetic to them, making it look like reality itself is melting away from the page. And then when that kind of like nightmare vision is broken and somebody snaps him back into reality, everything goes like super sharp and crystal clear again, kind of bringing you in and out of focus on the pages. It's very disorienting, but in a very artful way. And it totally works for the story and the vibes that they're trying to put out. It is gorgeous and very cool. I have absolutely no idea where the story is going to go, but I don't care. Uh, I love what I've seen so far and I've added it to my pull list and I'm already dying to read the next issue because this one was just so, so good. Um, I actually really quick want to post a, uh, a picture or two in the chat for you guys just so you can see some of the artwork on here. Of course, this picture isn't loading. Uh, I'll try this one. There you go. And uh, oh, I'll quickly mention that the other day, I guess yesterday, I don't even know what day it is anymore. I started playing the Resident Evil Winter's Expansion DLC called Shadow of Rose. So Shadow of Rose picks up several years after uh, the events of Resident Evil Village, which is the latest Resident Evil game. I am really, really enjoying this. If you don't know where this starts, uh, the Duke from Resident Evil Village has taken over uh, Lady Demetrescu's manor. Uh, Demetrescu, however you pronounce her name. Uh, there's mold everywhere. There is the most harrowing boss fight that is just so ridiculous. You have you literally have to knock down walls in in the middle of the fight to give your play your your character more room to run from the thing that's chasing you. It is absolutely terrifying. I have not been this freaked out from a video game probably since Resident Evil 7, which was many, many years ago at this point. Um, there's a really fun traversal mechanic in that there is kind of like you have this unknown entity or companion that is scrawling messages around the house and giving you items throughout your journey, which is really cool. Um, I kind of like the banter that you have with him. The only complaint that I have, and I'm only halfway through the DLC, I'm literally at the halfway point. Um, Rose feels a little underdeveloped as a character, and I'm a little bit disappointed. Her whole motivation for this is that she was born strange, and she wants to get rid of her powers. Rose is, of course, the baby from Resident Evil Village that was severed into multiple pieces and then put in jars and hidden away in a town by a witch and then oh you God. dug them all up as her father and put them all back together again and she came back to life and she lived um, totally normal right so you are playing as this character and she's got these powers because she inherited them from the mold and so on and so forth but beyond her wanting to get rid of the powers and that motivation for that being that like She's been bullied a lot in her life and stuff like that. Um, it doesn't feel important to the story and it doesn't make it makes her very little more than just your avatar for going through these areas again. Um, it's really cool that they took the original manner and have changed it in putting the mold into the manner that has kind of corrupted the whole place and blocked you off from several pathways. So the house is a lot more claustrophobic and you literally have to go through enemies and pray that you have the inventory left to take care of everything because one of the things that resident evil has been missing for a long time 
is the urgency of not having enough ammunition to deal with what's being put in front of you. And it lost that along the way. They are doing that again here where I am like sweating every single bullet that I fire off and it misses. And I just, I curse myself every single time it happens because they are so precious. Everything that you find is so important to your survival in this. And this series hasn't had that in a while. Um, I'm enjoying the hell out of this. I think if anybody's on the fence about picking it up, I think it's totally worth it. And it's short. It's 20 bucks. Uh, it'll You'll probably get through it in about maybe I'd say three hours. I'm about an hour and a half in. and I'm literally at the halfway point. Um, I've made it out of the manor and I'm, I'm about to head back to the village. Um, so anyway, that is uh, Shadow of Rose, Resident Evil Village. It's awesome. If you if you loved Village, you will probably like this. I'm just hoping that we get more from Rose by the end of the story, um, because so far she's she's not much other than a pointed gun, which kind of sucks. Uh, so we'll see what happens by the time I'll, I'll probably finish it by next week. Uh, and so I'll circle back around and let you know. Uh, and that is my lightning round. It's all about that Texas blood. <laughs> Love it, right? It's probably the greatest book of all time. <laughs> Did you like the finale? I I think I I I'm wondering if there's a, a like a epilogue issue coming for this. No, don't say these things. Yeah, I think that because if it, it, it I if I love this issue, the resolution to the red red queen killer. Is that what it is? Yes, Something like that. That this this arc was terrifying like the like first of all it's chris Conan and jake phillips is that the uh, uh i um, hope so because that's what i said yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that's that's what that's what i thought too but i just i i can't remember the the team off my head but yeah they have grown as storytellers over the last 19 issues you know you go back to the first the first arc and the world building there's great there's some horror elements to it this arc has just been a masterclass in like mood and like, like jump scares in, in panels, like yeah. the killer just kind of floating in the background is, is genuinely terrifying. The design um, of the killer overall, the mask is so good, so evocative and so terrifying. And the way that the snow comes down uh-huh. and it's kind of like obscuring it a little bit as it's peering uh-huh. around the corner of the house. And he comes out of the shadow. It's like, it's so good. So, so, so good. Um, but the way that this issue ends makes me think that there might be an epilogue issue, which again, I'll take whatever Dax Texas blood you give me. Just like, just put it in my mouth. You know, like <laughs> that's what I want. Um, wow. Like that, that's nope. it. Like, like, <laughs> um, like ice cream, like just like put it like, I, I wish I had a soundboard. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah just ice cream. Aaron will tell you, Aaron will tell you, I was eating six ice cream bars. I was like quadruple fisting my ice creams <laughs> on the dance floor at my own wedding. It was great. Um, but, you know, I, I like any issues of that Texas blood, I will take, whether it's an epilogue to this storyline or a holiday special, whatever they want to do, I, I want it. It's, it's my favorite book going right now. Um, 
I just think it's it's handle on like the kind of rural noir stuff is just mwah, chef's kiss. Like it is it is amazing. I'll tell you something about those ice cream cones, man. Enjoy enjoy your time with dairy before uh, <laughs> the dairy grim reaper comes for you. God, it comes fast. It does. It does. I was running for the lactate the other day. I was dying. <laughs> oh God, same though. Um amazing yeah that texas blood is is quality it uh it continues to be so good and this this arc really was so terrifying and uh it was perfect for the spooky season uh and i really i highly highly recommend behold behemoth it is it is just beautiful and very mysterious and i'm i'm really really excited for the next issue uh, it should be in the review folder. If it is, don't don't miss it. It's fantastic. Um, and Deadpool one, Alyssa Wong. Let's see, let's see what you got. I'm excited to to keep going with this one and and find out what's up. Um, so long as you don't charge me ten dollars for a Deadpool hey. book. Ooh, was it? <laughs> I'll be there. No, no, it was um. I think it was standard price actually. It was yeah. Kind of blew me away. I'll wait. We'll wait until they start hyping up the the movie train. Okay. Oh wait. Actually, before we go to our <laughs> last book, we go to our our thing. I'm going to go around the table super quick. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Deadpool three. I made a bet with a friend over the weekend, and if you guys want to write in, you want to you want to write an email, you want to tweet your answer to this. So cool. Listen. Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, right? Yeah. Do you think, is he going to be the focus of the movie, the two of them, or is he going to show up briefly for like less than 10 minutes and then that's going to be it? Here's the bet. And I shook on this. We're betting a concert ticket. Oh. Um, yeah. If I, if I lose, I need to treat Brad to a show. But he if he's in the movie for 10 minutes or less, Brad wins. If I win, he's in the movie for longer than that. I say they're not going to put Hugh Jackman out there, the two of them together announcing this, if it was something like a cameo or a light appearance. Because if it were that, they would have tried to hide it for as long as they could. That them getting or, out in front of it and or, saying, or, <laughs> or go ahead. Unless. Or... That's the whole shtick. We're gonna hype this up. Oh, you're really... Team Brad. No, I, 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 I'm not gonna give you ten minutes. I would give you like one act of the film. I'll give you like twenty to thirty minutes. You don't think that they're writing this thing around the two of them being together for the majority of the movie? No, no, really, no. It's Deadpool's movie. I, Deadpool's movie. I'm on. I'm on Team Steve believe it or not uh because no i'm just <laughs> Gee, kidding thanks. sorry i'm sorry i don't know why the sarcasm is just happening tonight um anyway my point being i i agree with you i think ryan reynolds is a little bit too with his fans to fuck with them in that way like he likes to fuck with them in fun ways not in disappointing ways and i think after that trailer it would be genuinely sad and disappointing if he wasn't in more of it so i'm with you uh, here's what I'll think. Here's what I think. Mm. I think that this guy, like Deadpool's just going to like kind of be mm. doing stupid Deadpool stuff the whole movie. And like at the end of every scene, <laughs> Hugh Jackman is just going to show up. 
And it's going to be kind of just like non sequitur appearances in like every scene, just like he kind has, of like randomly. He isn't even Wolverine in all of them. Sometimes he just has a mustache. Exactly. He's exactly. Like sometimes he's just Hugh Jackman. Other times he's Wolverine. Like I, that's what I think is going to happen. Like that would I don't be think. Funny, actually, I don't think you're getting like two hander, like Rush Hour, Beverly Hills Cop. Like I, I like you're not getting. You know, like like those old school eighties, nineties, like buddy cop movies. Like I, I don't think you're getting that. I, I like think it, that though. the I think the whole gimmick is like, hey, we got Hugh Jackman to be a Wolverine again. And I think that that's gonna be a gimmick in itself in the movie. Think about so it. So long as it's a gimmick that lasts more than, than ten minutes. See, I'm I, I think, think it's gonna last more than ten minutes. Ten minutes you've got a shot. That's not a bad over under number. But think of the, the, how many people they killed off in, at the start of their mission in that other one. Yeah. I know. Yeah, exactly. And he brought that up. He, he brought that up because we actually watched Bullet Train yeah. uh, together over the weekend. And Brad Pitt came up, of course, Good. and then his role in, in Deadpool 2. We also watched Deadpool, the, the original with Bronwyn's mom, uh, like two nights ago. So yeah, that's what I'll give you for I, that. I, I like I like that idea. What if he's just like he isn't even Wolverine? He's just his character from The Greatest Showman. <laughs> what if yeah. Wolverine kills Hugh Jackman in the movie? <laughs> oh my god! Or what if he's Hugh Jackman and it's like the set of the movie, the Wolverine? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, no, like, that's no, like, no, that's the kind of thing that I think this movie will do. Wolverine origin, so you can yeah, she can have the, the new Deadpool back again. That too. would be yeah. funny. Okay, I just think I'm you're gonna get like board. a, I think you're gonna get like a gimmicky, gimmicky movie. Like but we, I don't. We all agree that it's over ten minutes, though, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, like like cumulative. Yeah, Aaron, where do you where do you land? Do you think I'm gonna win this this ticket? No, but here's the thing. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I I don't see how they could merge those two characters in a way that makes sense if you want to keep them in the universes that they are in. I I definitely think I think he will I think he will if how are you basing this? Are you basing this on like actual screen time like someone's keeping a stopwatch? Because I think they're gonna he's probably gonna be on less than ten minutes but spread out throughout the film like they said. Oh I'll bring a stopwatch if I have to. Like like <laughs> legitimately like I don't think he is going to be a plot driver. I think he's going to be a device of some sort. Oh, I thought we going to say he was going to be a mini driver, but that would have been something else. <laughs> I feel like Honestly, none, he, none of us are mentioning. I feel like none of us are mentioning what he should be: the love interest, obviously. <laughs> Honestly, I could see that too. Right? Like, it would be fun. I, I I just think it would be like I think it's just going to be a series of like gimmicky beats with Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Wolverine. Wolverine as Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Taron Egerton as Hugh Jackman as like I, I yes! like I just think, I think it's, I think the whole movie is gonna just be like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool being like like the whole plot of the movie is like I want Wolverine in my movie and that's the movie it's you know? it's Teen Titans go to the movies yes <laughs> exactly and 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 I don't think you can trust the trailer because as we know from Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. They'll do a whole, they'll shoot a whole action scene just for the trailer. Yes, that's true. All right. I still like my odds. I think, I think your odds are pretty good. I just, 10 minutes, 10 minutes is a pretty low bar. I think I'm going to be all right. Well, one scene could be eight (laughs) minutes by itself. So you have to hope for one scene. It could be like, 
Yeah. It's going to be like 10.1. Yeah. <laughs> and this also, this also allows Hugh Jackman to like preserve the sanctity of Logan, you know, <laughs> like, like, th- like that was his swan yeah. song. So now this is just, again, it's just like a gimmicky movie. What if, what if he's in it, but we're, we're visiting the dead body. No! <laughs> he actually plays his own the dead body he's just later. laying there dead yeah it opens with deadpool at the gravesite yeah. like they had in the yeah. the promo yeah oh well and here's the thing like the best part about this movie that we're making up on the spot right here <laughs> is that the only two the only two actors in this movie are ryan reynolds and hugh jackman <laughs> they just play, play every, every part oh my god <laughs> oh my god i love it See, I'm going to make sure that Brad and I see this together mm-hmm. so that I can lean over to him in the theater and hold my watch up and be like, tick tock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the best part is like, it's going to be a hundred million dollars, two actors, <laughs> all, all green screen in their own house. Like that's like, that's what it is. I I like if it like um, Deadpool gets a concussion and starts seeing everyone's face as Hugh Jackman. Does like, oh yes. yeah, like does it does it count if he has a cardboard mask that looks like Hugh Jackman? <laughs> this is the movie. Like yes. this is the movie. I and love if it's, it. If this is not the movie and they try to do like an actual like Deadpool Wolverine team up movie, I don't want it. How you about, have sold me. I, I was I was like ready for a proper like bromance, no. but now I'm I'm back on board with this. No, this the bromance is Deadpool and Hugh Jackman. Yes, like the movie right. is like the movie is like Deadpool trying to get Hugh Jackman into Deadpool. <laughs> Joey, Joey, I've got it. I've got what this needs to be. It needs to be Birdman. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like it's like being John Malkovich yes, yes. and Birdman. Yep. Can it can it also be a musical? They both can sing. Yes, yes that'd be so great. There, there will also be a musical number in this scene. In this if movie. we can, if we're getting a Joker musical, we can have a Deadpool musical. You don't understand. This is the movie I'm describing for it right now. This is it. Deadpool tries to get Hugh Jackman into Deadpool yeah. three. Has to go to the Music Man on Broadway yeah. to. To to find Hugh Jackman, and it's like like the first like yeah, the first forty minutes of it is just a where in the world is Hugh Jackman scenario, and like and like Deadpool is just like going from place to place, just like whacking people because they don't know where he takes out the usher, then dresses in his clothes, and that's the night that Jackman's got COVID and he's not there at the theater. And do you want to know who plays the usher? Bruce Hugh Cam- Jackman plays. Oh, I was gonna say like, Bruce Campbell. I was saying. gonna say like, Bruce Campbell, but that would be a whole. <laughs> this is the movie, and if it isn't the movie, again, like I don't, I don't want it. You know, I, I really feel like on podcasts there are episodes that go down as somebody's like best episode. Joey, <laughs> this is it. This is your episode. <laughs> we still got an hour and a half left. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely don't. Aaron, Aaron knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I kept my mouth shut. So, um, just one more question before we move on. What's everybody's favorite hot dog? Oh, God. <laughs> just kidding. Right. Pineapple. It should have pineapple on it. Yeah. Pineapple and hot dog. Pineapple relish. There we go. Num, num, oh, num, num. Oh, God. I'm putting together my Instacart list. I don't know which one. <laughs> Bob, do you want to bring us through some uh, Secret Invasion? Sure. It is Secret Invasion number one this week, written by Ryan North, art by Francesco Mobili. Colors Jordi Belair, Lerjo Caramagna, 
We open on Nick Fury, who is now a freelance law enforcement agent of some kind, investigating a possible scroll incursion out in rural Iowa. John, what's going on out there? <laughs> Here, though, a family's patriarch, his death has led to his missus. She's thinking that he's been taken over. That's why Nick is there. You throw in, though, some lovely interaction with Maria Hill as we try to sort this all out. And then the mystery kicks into high gear. I thought it was a fine opening chapter. Uh, there's some... I don't want to get into spoilers. We may eventually. Very classic Marvel in terms of words and pictures. I loved it. Look, so far at least. Let me say that this way. This was a smaller story. Very much a spy stuff thing. If it holds up this yeah. way, I'm in. If it turns into outer space and all the rest of it, I love no. the spy stuff that we have here. So kudos to I, Ryan I North on issue it, one. I don't think it will. I was, I, I, you know, when I saw Secret Invasion on the um, solicits for the week, I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. I love Nick Fury. I love Maria Hill. I love the scrolls. And then I was like, holy crap, Ryan North wrote this? Like, I, I, like that <laughs> yeah. was a big surprise for me. And I was all in to, from, from, the, from the jump with that. Same, yeah. Um, love this. And I don't know if y'all remember, it was probably like four years ago now at this point, but that Meet the Scrolls book. Sure, Do you remember yeah, that? absolutely. <laughs> that book was awesome. And like this book felt like a continuation of that for me. Um, love the big twist. I, I don't want to spoil it too because I – I feel like this isn't going to be a long series. Um, probably going to be a, a mini series, four or five issues again. So again, I, I like you, Bob, I, I highly recommend it. I thought it was a really great classic kind of very, um, very small yeah. drama, uh, which I think the show is going to be as well. So I think that this is really going to kind of anticipate that as well. I don't think we're going to go out to big space and, Kree scroll war and all that stuff like i, I don't think that's going to happen especially because the actual scrolls now are technically united with the Kree, and teddy altman yeah. is the emperor mm -hmm. and all that stuff so this feels like a very small like look at these bad scrolls and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff going on so it feels smaller i like that love the artwork I i'm all in cool aaron get in here that was my only question actually uh, joey just sort of tapped into it was how can this, what continuity is this going to be? And this had more questions for me than answers, I think, in the first issue because of all the things you just said about the, the unification of the Kree and the Sprawl. So um, I think because of that, I think that kind of answers Bob's question right there. I think this has to, I think you may get some space time. I don't think it's going to be people gallivanting across the universe. I think just for the, you might get some location jumps because it's going to have to link up with that whole emperor scenario and 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 some sort of subterfuge going on in the in the kingdom there um but that's about it um i do like uh, the the way i judge a really good first issue is whether or not i realize that i've gotten to the end of it and i felt like this one i got to the end of it really quickly um so it it made me want to read what was going on next i i, I really did enjoy it i think we're going to i I have to say, when I was ending it, I was like, all right, we've done this secret invasion type thing a bunch of times. There's going to be something here that is going to be a discriminator between this story and the next. So I'm sort of wait, really waiting for that to sort of kick in um, and see 
see what's what, see what's where. I, I'm enjoying it, so I'm 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 good. Right on. Uh, I'm really digging this. Having just come off of the Secret Invasion mega read that I did, it feels weird to say that it's nice to be back, considering <laughs> that I was just there. <laughs> but I, like I said, when I talked about Secret Invasion for those two episodes, I love the paranoia of it. I, I love the the not knowing and not being able to trust characters. I just it's a it's a mechanic of storytelling that I always find fascinating and fun to experience and, and kind of ask yourself a bunch of questions and study everyone's actions and everything like that. And uh, same thing that Joey said, where I picked this up blindly just because it said Secret Invasion on it, and I was like, I just read Secret Invasion. I'm totally in. Let's go. And then saw Ryan North's name on it and got you know overly excited um but yeah this has a lot of those same beats and a lot of that same mood and i'm i'm up for it i have no idea how long this is going to be five Um, issues five issues okay that's cool though yeah i'm i'm digging it i'm uh man it's creepy too i'll tell you i just sent a a panel uh from it um to the chat and uh it is it is doing some things. I've been reading a lot of creepy comics and playing creepy games lately for, for the month of October. And uh it's nice to have the spill over into that. And um yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm excited about this. I feel like I had more constructive things to say, but they're gone. Nick doesn't have any hair. No, <laughs> All right, let's... Yeah, and hair tuck look romantic. Okay, I was confused. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those moments where you realize that maybe you can't trust this person, and it's that mm. that subtle gesture. Oh, we mm. got some breaking news for more uh, more casting announcements for Agatha Coven of Chaos. Speaking of which, getting into short news week this week, mostly. Um, there's been a couple of casting announcements for Agatha Coven of Chaos, which is, of course, the Agatha Harkness Disney Plus series that they are developing. Heartstoppers Joe Locke is joining the series. Billy. Aubrey Plaza. Billy. You, you think so? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Did we talk about this last week or am I having deja vu? No, maybe we did. I think we okay, did. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> you know what? They've I cast s- so many people in I this thing so quickly that I'm getting lost. Bob answered the same way both oh, times. Okay. And I was like, whoa, there's a glitch in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Newer additions are uh, Ali on and Maria Dizia yes. are both coming onto this. Aubrey Plaza was the yes. new, was the first new casting. Oh my and God. then we just got the, uh, the Ali on one, but there's a new one. That just came into my email just now. Ooh. Um, I I wonder who printed that. I'll have to find out. Um I don't know, Vamp for a second. What do you what do you guys how excited are you? What do you think the show even is? I, I don't know, but I don't I'll know. watch anything Aubrey Plaza does. One thousand. All right, here's what it is. You ready? So okay. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Hugh Jackman is Mephesto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know. I genuinely don't. I, you know, it, I I was reading some reports today after all the casting, and I was like, they they also were Here were we kind of remarking like, 
is this just a kind of like spin-off origin story for Agatha Harkness? Or is this kind of a, you know, mm. time jump forward in time and like we're seeing the kind of magic corner of the mm-hmm. MCU exploding and Agatha just happens to be our kind of like entry point to mm-hmm. that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could be anything. Agatha <laughs> Agatha is our entry point to that because Benedict Cumberbatch is too expensive. So like, so like <laughs> is that what this is? I don't know. Darkhold's been uh, destroyed. Think... Does that the, the spell that made her stay in Westview still hold? Oh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm. I, I definitely think it's not going to be a simple origin. Whatever this is, it's going to be weird, and I'm so yeah. here for it. Yeah. Give me some weird Catherine Hahn. Good to go for me. I don't need an origin story. We, we got, got her yeah. a little bit. We of get it. We story, get it. You know? <laughs> I feel like it's going to be other witches coming to town to mm. to collect on Agatha, and Aubrey Plaza is apparently playing the villain. Yeah. <gasps> so. Love her as a villain. You know what it might be, Steve and Aaron. This will be good for you guys. Is uh, I think it might be Marvel's quick take on Strange Academy. Oh, mm. that could be interesting. Uh, Sashir Zamata is the yeah. new. Actress. Oh my god! Yeah, from SNL. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yep, Tuka and Birdie. This is a fun home, cast. Home economics. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I think like it's a very fun cast, a very young cast, mm-hmm. like a young and hip cast. You know, so I, I think that of all of like the magic adjacent books that we've gotten, mm-hmm. Strange Academy is the one that like I'm thinking might serve as the inspiration for this. And, uh, which also makes sense for the change of the subtitle to Coven of Chaos. Like it's mm. something about a group of people, magician, mm. magic people coming together. That that's what I think this is going to be. I'm I'm mm-hmm. excited for this one, honestly. This is really getting me hyped. Indeed. Uh we have more casting news of course because that's only the only news we get anymore. Uh <laughs> it's true. Daniel it Kaluuya is, true. is uh joining the cast of uh across the spider-verse as spider-punk yeah. why not so i love hey. it i'm so 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 excited for that I movie oh, oh my god i can't wait i'm telling you go watch the bad guys from the same studio it's so good um daniel kaluuya fantastic actor yes this is this is very very cool um i'm not entirely familiar with spider-punk i think i made it through like two issues of um the most recent series that came out um it might be something that i revisit once i find it in trade but um the movie will tell you yeah. just we i didn't read spider-man noir either but you give it nicholas cage and that worked out just fine <laughs> yes it's true um any other comments for uh mr kaluuya anybody excited for spider-verse of course yes of course all right we'll move on <laughs> Um, I don't know what there is to say at this point, uh, but hell, hell yeah, on I'm on it. <laughs> uh, the Sandman finally got a season two renewal from Netflix officially. Uh, they made a, a snazzy little trailer for it and everything, teaser trailer, saying that's coming back. I am ridiculously excited. I really enjoyed this show uh, when it was on. Still have not seen... The bonus episode, though, the half animated, half live action one. I haven't gone back to watch that because uh, all we do is watch Sh- Shit's Creek now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I am very excited for the story to continue and for them to keep building out that world. 
Um, I'll be curious to see what the show looks like production wise in a second season, whether or not they decide to keep going full throttle or if they kind of pull the reins back a little bit. Um, we shall see. Netflix is kind of hurting in ways that they haven't in years past. And um, I don't know if they're going to be splitting up uh, budgets for certain things, but if they were smart, they would keep going with this. Could be Game of Thronesy. Anyway, um, I just threw this in here because I knew that Chris was going to be here and Joe was going to be here. Uh, Nightwing and Starfire's dynamic in Titans season four will have people yes! screaming. So apparently, they're getting together in the show. Is that is that confirmed? Because have people screaming could have gone so yeah. many directions. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let's see. I'll I'll read this. Uh, the romance between Nightwing and Starfire will reignite in HBO Max's uh, fourth season, reports yeah. TV line editor-in-chief so-and-so. Uh, there's a line of dialogue in Titans episode three that will get people talking about Nightwing mm. and Starfire. Mm. They're teasing. Um, there's a scene in episode five that will have people screaming, blah, 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 more sound bites, more mm. sound bites. It sounds like they're either going to get together or they're going to, you know, get oh. together oh yeah so, oh. i don't know which up what you're putting down yeah um line of dialogues what we're calling it these days got it <laughs> there's new villains including brother blood mother mayhem yeah. and jinx coming out uh lex luthor apparently too oh fun so i need to catch up on titans i'm so far behind i haven't watched titans since the end of the first season i have yeah. no idea where they're at with this or if they've it's got they've got jason todd and tim drake in it now so i really need to catch up when is gotham knights oh my god gotham knights <laughs> <laughs> there's no new updates but i am like waiting i am ready that, sh- for that gotham show knights. has gone into the shadows like they have not yeah, said anything about like that in gone. a long time they finished production though like it's it's done i just they've not done any promotion for it or anything i i want to see it so bad it looks like such a dumpster fire i just want it (laughs) feed me (laughs) yeah um all right and then the last thing that uh i just threw this in here because i thought it was interesting uh james gunn kind of got on twitter which he doesn't do much these days or not as frequently as he used to because of his new right. job. What, what? Or because Twitter didn't do great for him in the past, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, it says, opened up Twitter at the end of a long creative weekend to see uh, the many tweets to save Legends of Tomorrow and release the air cut uh, and fan support for other DC projects over the years. The majority of these requests were enthusiastic and respectful. Hmm. <laughs> Um, I would think obnoxious. You can add to that list. <laughs> uh, as the new and first ever CEOs of the DC studios, Peter, and I think it's important. We acknowledge you, the fans and let you know, um, we hear your different desires for the pathways forward for DC, uh, getting to the important part. Although our ability to interact on Twitter has been lessened due to the workload, yada, 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 yada. Um, they're going to try to keep an open line of communication with people, Uh, But all of our initial focus is on the story going forward, hammering out the new DCU and telling the biggest story ever told across multiple films, television shows and animated projects. This is a very polite way of saying we hear you. 
but we're not doing these things. I feel like it's more than that. Because yeah. one of the things that has frustrated me as a DC EU fan or whatever was as much as I prefer the Snyder cut, that move was a dangerous and a damaging one, I think, in general, in letting the worst people in the fandom have their way. Um, yeah. That statement right there, not to go all psychologist on you all, that statement right there is a we're not playing that game anymore. So don't try it with us. <laughs> it was a nice way to say that, but that is what I heard. Yeah, I... um I think they have other plans. I think that they're they're looking to move past all of that stuff. As they've said many, many, many times, mm-hmm. very publicly, that they they would like to get away from that stuff. And mm-hmm. they're looking to they're looking to start again. They're rebooting and trying to, you know, go from uh from a baseline and and just restart the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And make Which... a new Superman movie with Henry Cavill and a new Batman movie and a new Flash yep. movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, how, you, that's how you do it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <sighs> Look, and that... also mm-hmm. also don't go to James Gunn and be like, "Hey, are you going to release the cut of that other Suicide Squad movie?" Like yeah. like yeah. please, like he already made already he already made it. his yeah. Like, didn't you know? I give you a better one already? Exactly, maybe. exactly. So, I, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that DC was, they gave the mouse the cookie, and now the mouse is asking for more cookies. They haven't learned from the children's book. The mouse won't leave the house. The mouse will not leave the house. That well, said, I am bummed that Henry Cavill is not the Witcher anymore, and that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, that's crazy. That is so sad. I'm sorry. For, that's... The, for the lesser Hemsworth brother? No. That's crazy too because like there isn't a Man of Steel two like ready to go, no. you know. So the fact that they signed him out of that contract and sw- switched him over and all that, like, yeah, it's cool because he gets to be Superman, but like, at what cost? Yeah, like, they, <laughs> I'm like really sad about like, the Witcher. <laughs> God forbid, God forbid, and obviously this won't happen because of money. But like, God forbid, like all of this Man of Steel two development like falls through, you know, right. and all of a sudden now he's no longer the Witcher, and like he's just sitting on the bench. No, he can do with Nola Holmes three. Yeah, <laughs> I I've started in Nola Holmes two. I liked in Nola. I liked in Nola Holmes, <laughs> and I've read the books. They're very good. But yeah, that was a that was a big shock um, when he was pulled from Witcher because Witcher, not not didn't like put him back on the map or whatever, but like he got a lot of goodwill from doing Witcher. Yeah, you know? and it was like something he campaigned for, which makes me think there's more like going on behind the scenes than just Superman. There are articles out there talking about how he was having like creative differences yeah. with the people behind yeah. that show and that he was I'm really sure. disappointed he was with where they were taking the Yeah, character. he was constantly talking about how they weren't doing the books right. So I, I kind of feel like maybe that's why. But I'm still bummed we won't get to see him around the screen anymore. He pulled out the nerd Uno card and threw it he down. Uno reversed them. They had, yeah, they had, they had a reverse card waiting. Oh. We'll, we'll slap down Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> they were like, who's available and not done anything since Hunger Games? Isn't there another Hemsworth? I'm oh, sorry, boy. Liam. He's probably a nice guy. I just, he's not Henry Cavill's Witcher. That's all. He is not. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, let's do two uh, listener questions, and then we're going to get out of here. Bob, would you care to read this question from Audrey? Yes, who is my imaginary muse. 
Uh, as I've heard that you'll be discussing the new Taylor Swift album, I was wondering who might be on your top five list of female recording artists. If your show is light on those breaking news items, you might want to extend that to top 10, but I think we've, we've passed that point. But who knows? If only not to leave anyone out, darling. So that's from Audrey. Nice. Aww. All right. You you call this one out. Who do you want to go first? I think we should have our, our Tay-Tay people. So, Chris? <laughs> Bob yeah. said Tay-Tay. I said Tay-Tay. <laughs> he said Tay-Tay and it made me happy. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to go fast because I have 10 and I can't cut it down at this point. Okay. So I'm just going to talk quickly. Uh, Taylor Swift, obviously. I, actually, let me clarify. I only went with current because otherwise it's too hard. Um, so Taylor Swift, Dove Cameron, Olivia Rodrigo, uh, Janelle Monet, Haley Kyoko, uh, Girl in Red, Hay- Halsey, Sarah Bareilles, and Haley Williams and Carly Rae Jimson. There we go. Girl in Red. Very so fast. Good. Girl in Red <laughs> I almost sh- I said I would go fast. Yes, you did. <laughs> okay, Joey. Girl. I'm glad that you did the list your the, the way that you did that, Chris, because that's basically my list. <laughs> if, yeah. I, if I was like, but then I was like, nah, I gotta like do all time, you know. Mm. Um, so I'm glad that that list is out there. I agree with that list wholeheartedly. Yay! High five. So mine obviously, mine <laughs> obviously uh, starts with Whitney Houston, yeah. <laughs> yes. Taylor Swift, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, uh, oh I should have had her. So yeah, that was my bad. Etta James, Ella Fitzgerald, Stevie Nicks, Ariana Grande, Haley Williams was on my list too. Lauren Hill and Janis Joplin. Yes, that was good. Damn, that's a good Janis list. Janis Joplin. Sweet. Aaron? Whitney, Beyonce, Janet, Missy Elliott, Alanis, Aretha, and Eva Cassidy. Woo! Nice. Oh. Can you do that like... one more time, maybe a little slower? <laughs> Was that like seven? Were you just like, I'm not going for the full ten? <laughs> I, could, I couldn't cut. Uh, Beyonce, Whitney, Janet, Missy Elliott, Alanis, Aretha, and Eva Cassidy. Great list. Janet Jackson coming onto the list. I like it. Steve, Steve. <sighs> I ordered mine. Oh, Bravo. bottom, bottom to top. Uh, Laura Mayberry, Churches, mm, Rosie Voland yes. of Rosie Voland fame. <laughs> she is a uh, French language uh, lyricist and musician, and she is absolutely phenomenal. Um, Karen O of the Yeah Yeah Yeahs. Beth Gibbons of Portishead, uh, Emma Ruth Rundle of Emma Ruth Rundle and Marriages, uh, Megan James of Purity Ring, yes. Karina Round of Pussifer, who I'm seeing this Tuesday night in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Uh, Tara Lopez, of course, from uh, Sister Crayon and Rituals of Mine. Elena Tanra from the band Daughter and her solo project X-Ray. Mm-hmm. And my favorite female musical artist, all time Bjork. Hmm. 100%. Yes. Bjork has been with me since her debut album, and she is just amazing. Just amazing. Love her so much. Uh, that's my list. That's yes. a good list. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob. Uh, okay, so just because she could fill all five slots, considering the breadth of genre she excelled at, well, the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, gets a spot above the other five. I knew you, I, that's why she wasn't on my list, because I knew she was on your list. <laughs> uh, that's the other list, one to five. Billie Holiday, 
I mean, all three stages of her career, the purity of her young voice, the bravery to do things like Strange Fruit, and even her destroyed voice at the end. You can't listen to Lady in Satin without just feeling sad and crying and wonderful at the same time. Um, number two, most of you people will know her as a one-hit wonder, but it's Minnie Ripperton, uh, who is big hit Loving You. She's got a four-octave range, but she had lots of other hits yeah. on the jazz and R&B charts. Now probably more famous for being Maya Rudolph's mom. Oh. Oh. And if you listen to the oh. long version of Loving You, you can hear her calling yep. out Maya to her little daughter. Yep. Uh, number three, and I guess this is enough said moment, Diana Ross. I mean, the superstar of superstars, group solo, actress, the whole thing. My number, my, my number four, I'm going to make into a little bit of a quiz. Okay, she's Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien, and she is one of the greatest soul singers to ever put voice to wax. Does anyone know who she is? Say the name again. Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien. I have no idea. Hmm, let me think about that. Trying to quietly look it up. No, no looking it up. She, <laughs> her professional name was Dusty Springfield. Oh. Who I definitely don't know that. Hit, hit with songs as the Beatles did as part of the British Invasion, most known, I guess, now for, because Mr. Tarantino loved to put Son of a Preacher Man into Pulp Fiction. But she's just, most people, champion for black artists. All along, way back when she was hosting British TV shows, boycotted racist South Africa, got herself in trouble for them. In the 70s, basically became a queer icon by outing herself, which kind of wrecked her career. Mm, yeah. But good good for her. At number five, the official Chanteuse of Talking Comics, Nellie Mackay, who... Mm-hmm. I saw her at Madison Square Park in New York, and she introduced her band as the Phantom Strangers. And as I, after she signed something, I remember to ask her, but uh, is that a comic book thing? And she had this wink and smile, whatever. She's been described as a cross between, what well, she's a piano player, ukulele player, singer, but described as a cross between Eminem and Doris Day. Now, how do you beat that? I mean, please. Wow. Uh, I love that. Quickly, quickly through the rest, um, Joan Jett, Natalie Cole, Diana Krall, Pet Benatar, and Long Island's own Jane Monheit. If you've seen Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, watch the end credits and listen to this woman sing Over the Rainbow. Nothing, mm. nothing except for Judy Garland tops what Jane Monheit did on mm. her Over the Rainbow. Wow, nice. And I've got honorable mentions, but I will leave it at that. We're running long. <laughs> Um, yes, uh, quick headline because it's totally relevant. This was posted an hour ago on Up Rocks. Ryan Reynolds revealed how being a Taylor Swift fan is like a religion in his household. <laughs> well, so there's her, your and, her and Blake Lively are besties and she filmed some of her music videos in their house. So, um, and it's in her songs. Yes. The kids, the kids names are in the songs. Yes. The kids names are in <laughs> Betty. Mm. All right, last but not least, certainly, uh, Brian wrote in to us again. Uh, that is uh, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com is the email. So Brian writes in, okay, it's hockey season, and I know Bronwyn used to or perhaps still plays hockey. I am a huge fan of the sport and was wondering how uh, which NHL team does the Kelly Say House root for. 
My guess, based on location and her family's location, is either the Leafs, Sens, or Red Wings. I'm currently a Vegas fan, but was a Ducks fan before Vegas joined the league in 2016-17. Okay, getting to birthday business. Today is exactly a month until my 42nd birthday, so that means my 40th was during COVID. I'm not a big party person, so it didn't really bother me so much, but earlier this year, I realized a great alternative to having a fun 40th birthday celebration uh, that I wasn't able to have. Basically, uh, I'm a huge uh, Douglas Adams fan and decided that turning 42 is more important than turning 40 because I will be the age of the meaning of life, the universe, Mm -hmm. and everything uh, a la uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm not usually a cake fan, but I've requested special hitchhikers themed cake for my birthday this year, and I'm going to have uh, fun during my fresh new trip around the sun. I know Steve is a few weeks younger than I and uh, was also denied a true 40th birthday celebration, too. I don't even remember my 40th birthday. Must have been a good time. Uh, So (laughs) if he is is also a hitchhikers fan i'm not or even if he is not he may want to give his 42nd birthday some true fanfare as well i was alone my last birthday my 41st birthday because bronwyn was in california so i would like to have a better birthday this coming year uh coming january i should say quick question for you all when does the spooky season end and when does the winter holiday season begin for each of you? So whenever, whenever Target says. <laughs> whenever Target Tar- says. Target said at like October 12th this year. <laughs> Simultaneous <basically>. this year. <laughs> Do you want to hear something horrific? I don't know if you guys still have this in the States, but here in, in Canada, I tried to go out and buy uh, another bag of candy on Halloween day. And when I tell you that all the candy was gone stripped mm-hmm. all the all the displays everything from stores just like annihilated what happened to the going to the store the day after halloween to pick up all the discount on candy i they demand just, they turn into christmas candy the next day by magic so yeah uh, only only here because halloween was monday the supermarkets here locally on the island on sunday still had candy but the next day just what chris God. is saying we're into Oh, it's the it's the peppermint sticks. It's all the other thing. The whole island had become Christmas. Yeah. I will say I go hard for spooky season, but November first, I put on my cozy sweater, turned on Hallmark Channel, and have been drinking nothing but hot cocoa. So oh. that's my answer. <laughs> winter doesn't start until I put up the winter wreath, and we still have our like raven black with yeah. feathered wreath on the door. So. You know, it, it's hard because it was 80 degrees today in yeah. in New yeah. York City. So, you know, it's really hard to think. For, for me, as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, you know, uh, I, I like Halloween. It's not one of my absolute favorites. Um, I love Christmas, though. So, I like, it's funny because, like, when, I was like, when is the Christmas music going to start, you know? <laughs> Uh, when when's it gonna happen? When does Mariah uh, Carey thaw? Mar- Did you she see her? She wrote, yes. It was so. Funny. Oh my god, oh my it's god. amazing! If you haven't her. watched it yet, watch it. It's it's amazing. I I I've in the last few years I've gotten in the habit of doing the spooky season um 
movie marathon begrudgingly as you know horror is not my genre but i do it um but i relish my my holiday movie marathoning it's it's like my favorite thing to do every year do you homework with me joey i love me a hallmark there's a there's a there's a there's a couple of uh it's not gonna get old. <laughs> there, there was a there's a, a couple of years ago there was a Jeremy Jordan um Hallmark yes, movie. It was so good. It was so good. And oh and God. Emily is obsessed with Jeremy Jordan, yeah. Broadway and all that stuff. And um she would leave me for him one hundred percent. Uh I think one hundred percent. You watch the one where he played twins? It's amazing. No. There's what? A- <laughs> Uh, Mediterranean mix-up, and he plays two twins, one straight, one gay. It's so much fun. It is Oh, unhinged. but that's not a Christmas movie. It's I don't not, care about it then. But it's actually one of the shockingly good non-Christmas Hallmark ones, and he plays twins. All right, I'll he, add it to the list. It's so funny. It's really bad. I love it a lot. <laughs> Bob, when does the uh, holidays begin and end for you? Well, the spooky season never ends in this house. So there's, there's, there's that Christmas really begins Thanksgiving for me. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a late bloomer in that sense. That was, I like that. I'll allow it. That was the traditional (laughs) thing. The Santa shows up at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. It's now Christmas. Mm. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, we've got one more response here. Uh, since Aaron, you said when target tells you that's your answer, right? Yep. All right. Uh, we have a we have a response from Bronwyn about the first part to uh, Brian's email. It says, hi, Brian. Bronwyn here. I will always consider myself a hockey player. Uh, oh, if, if I don't read the LOL, she'll get mad. LOL. Uh, you'll take my stick from my cold dead end. Uh, and you're quite correct. The Kelly Say household supports the Sens or Senators. Uh, we also love the Jets and the Predators. Big Luke uh, Prokop fans here. So I guess that's my answer too. We are we are Sen fans, which funny enough, Ryan Reynolds is maybe possibly buying the team. Oh wow! Uh, I had a huge event. Yeah, we'll see. Um, he's one of the the uh, suitors for for the team uh, possibly being sold. I had a huge event for my forty second birthday, given that uh, it is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. We had a special pan uh, galactic gargle blaster and everything. I don't know what that means. It's a, it's the most uh, powerful drink in the universe. Yes. Ah, yeah, man, at the restaurant. The, at the uh, end as of the yes, as to the spooky season, it never ends in the Kelly Say household. Damn right. Uh, our Halloween tree is up year round. That's true. Mm-hmm. Winter holidays can start anywhere from mid November to early December, but it's never without a spooky element. 100%. Happy solar circumnavigation celebrations to you. I hope your day is incredible. Cheers, Broadwin. Yeah, oh. she's the best. Yeah. yeah. See, for the spooky season. Happy birthday, bro. Yeah, for the spooky season, the hockey team to root for would be the Seattle Kraken. Ah, oh, yeah. The Kraken. I don't know that the mascot for the uh, Philadelphia team is pretty terrifying to me. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> what's his name? What's Grim, his What's his name? Grimmy. What is it? Oh, gritty. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I asked uh, Josh Dumel if he fought Gritty, who would win, <laughs> and he gave me the strangest face. Because <laughs> he knows um, the answer. He's already done it. It really threw him through a loop. I don't know. They did some magic editing with that one because it definitely shut him down for a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, I would think. That's um, not compute. Quickly speaking of so. <laughs> yeah, 
I'll do. You know what? I'll do it at the end of the show. Um, let's talk about the books that we're looking forward to this week. Bob, what are you picking up? Well, supposedly, but too late for the spooky season, Archie has released their two Chilling Adventures books. The Chilling nice. Adventures of Salem and Chilling Adventures in Sorcery. We've got Damage Control number four, the new FF number one. Got a Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number six, Wonder Woman 793, Batgirls 12. The new, yeah. the new Golden Age. We'll see how this all plays out. Love Everlasting, number four, this crazy book from Tom King and Elsa Chartier. And it doesn't count because it's old, but I have coming in a copy of Trina Robbins' collection, Babes in Arms, about the female Ooh. artists of the 1940s. Oh, nice. Cool. Very cool. Went on sale, uh, so I had to have it. Are those those chilling books, those Archie books, are those new? Yes. Oh, what? Delayed, delayed, and delayed. And I I asked my store, are these ever coming in? He said, funny you should ask. They're here this week. Is that um, Sakasa doing that? I think he's overseeing that. I think he's writing a story in each, as far as I know. But it is. Ooh, I might check those out. Look, there's still only Uh, nine issues of Sabrina, whatever it is, after like 15 (laughs) years. I might might dip into that. I'll, I'll take a look at that on Wednesday. Uh, Aaron, what are you picking up? Or what, what's in the pool, rather? Beyonce, Whitney, Janet, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dark Crisis. Uh, I have that no, yeah. Dark Crisis, Fantastic Four, Marauders, Legion. Uh, Legion of X. Um, Judgment Day, Omega One, The New Golden Age. My monitor just went dark. Oops. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, do a powerbomb. Superman, Kal-El, and I think I'm I'm on the fence about Wildcats number one, but we'll see. All right. Joey, you picking anything up? Uh, everything's been said. Do a powerbomb, Love Everlasting, this new book, Two Graves, looks good. Yeah. Um, I talked about Minor Threats number three already because I read it already, but it's great. You should pick it up. Um, Fantastic Four, Batgirls, Dark Crisis, Hell Yeah, Let's Go. Uh, the new golden age, Superman, Seneca, L. Um, sequel to uh, Diana, Princess of the Amazons, Diana and Nubia, Princesses of the Amazons. Mm. Graphic novels coming out, so that's worth checking out too. Sweet. Uh, did you read uh, Kaya number one when it came out? The West Craig no. book. No. Oh, dude, you should read that. You would like that. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, I saw I saw the second issue was coming out this week, and I was like, "Oh, I should go back and read the first issue." Here I am, just trying to bring some positivity into your life. <laughs> Chris, are you looking forward to anything now that Joey has hurt my feelings? Uh, yes, I'm. Pl- I'm Chris doing- has been rude to you all night. <laughs> we have that relationship. We can do that. Uh, <laughs> Jk. Um, wow, that threw me off. <laughs> yeah, that threw me off too. I was trying to remember how many times I'd been rude to you. I thought it was only like five or six. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I now that I have Infinite Ultra Mega Super Evolved, I am uh, going to read Batman Nightwatch and catch up on that, catch up nice. on Multiversity, catch up on Poison Ivy, uh, and catch up on the current Batman runs. I'm actually going to be current for once. It's very exciting for me. I've also um, started a new game that I'll probably talk about next time called Spiritfarer. So- oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I love that game. Right. It's so good. 
it's very good. It is very, very good. Uh, for me, uh, going over to the Batverse, because there's so many Bat books, I've got yeah. uh, Batgirls number 12, Batman Incorporated number two, Batman versus Robin number three, I am Batman 15, Nice House on the Lake number 11, Superman Son of Kal-El 17, Fantastic Four number one. Ooh. I had no idea this was coming out until I made my list and I was freaking out. I'm really excited to read this. Uh, do a power bomb number six. There's a new book from Image coming out called Gospel number one. Uh, Kaya number two, as we said before, Love Everlasting number four. And Joey mentioned it earlier, Two Graves number one uh, is also a new Image number one that I'm going to give a look on Wednesday. Cool. And those are my books. That's it. Nice. Does anybody have any closing statements? Anything they would like to share? Yeah, I was up, but if someone else wants to go first. Um, I'll just hop in super quick. I uh, posted it on my Facebook. I posted it to Twitter. And of course, you can find it on the Joe Blow um, YouTube channel. I got to interview Daniel Radcliffe and Evan Rachel Wood and Eric Appel, who is the director for the new Weird Al biopic. Go and check out those interviews. Um, Not only does it help our view count. But you get to see me talk to Daniel Radcliffe and Evan Rachel Wood and Eric Capella. And we had a lot of fun. So and exciting. I only had them for four minutes and I made the most of it. Um, yeah. You mean it's living a, your literal dream? Right? <laughs> it's a super good time. But no, the thing is that they stuck me in a room with Weird Al by accident <gasps> twice for 30 seconds. I only got to say hello and then I was booted out. I was so sad. They, they baited me. They just they put them in front of me and they were like, oh, I'm just, we're sorry. And I'm like, no, leave me. I don't have, I have questions. questions prepared, but just leave me. Um, but um, the talking with with Daniel and with Evan was absolutely fantastic, and this, the yeah. bits with Eric are also great. I, I recommend the whole thing. Um, like I said, Joe Blow uh, YouTube channel, go and check it out. I had a blast doing it, and um, I already have my next interview lined up. Ooh. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so go and check that out. And uh, Bob, go ahead. Sure, uh, because there's a chance she might be listening i want to wish a happy birthday to my goddaughter casey which is on november 8th back many 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 years ago i was privileged to be part of her early life and upbringing and such and years passed and so on and she and her mom moved to florida and about four or five years ago i got an interesting email that because she did a Google search and found Talking Comics and my name. Oh. Uh-oh. Reached, reached, reached <laughs> out and was here in New York and we had a lovely dinner and came to the house Aww. and shared memories and Aww. tears and so on and so forth. And That's incredible, Bob. That's yeah. so nice. She will be here next month with her own daughter and her oh. mom and whatever. So happy birthday, Casey. Oh, that's wonderful. I, I've, I've heard that of Casey before. I know, I know how much she means to you. That's so great. Yeah. I'm really glad to hear that. Thank you. Folks. And that all came from her finding you on the internet. Yep. What? See, she, this show does it, good. Right. Things. It was, um, this has to be you. Right. Because yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's such Memories a great story. That's another awesome. good band name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this 
up. We have reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. Uh, we are also on Twitter for now. We'll see how that goes. There's a new article <laughs> up right now. Elon Musk has discussed putting all of Twitter behind a paywall. Oh my God. Um, how about it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> see ya um bob where can our listeners find you old-fashioned email bob ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com joey old-fashioned email joey at talkingcomicbooks.com <laughs> aaron i might be switching over to instagram aj amos 70 on instagram <laughs> there you go uh chris what are your various handles and or shows yeah, so you can find me uh, co-hosting Thirsty on Tune with the aforementioned Bronwyn. Um, I can't remember what our next episode to come out is, but it's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> we've definitely already recorded it. I don't remember what it is. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can also find me co-hosting Gotham Outsiders with uh, my friend TJ. And until Twitter is driven directly into an iceberg, you can find me at the Myth of Psyche and at Cooper Cal Writes. But in case Twitter is gone tomorrow, you can look me up at uh, Linktree slash the Myth of Psyche, where I have all my various social medias, so that I don't have to learn all of them like this. So please check me out there. All right, there you go. Uh, I am at Dead Underscore Anchorus on Twitter and on Instagram. And Bronwyn is at shiny baby B. And I think that's going to do it. What about so, John? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. And John, <laughs> is John P. Burkle uh, online. He's please. He's the, the least amount of online presence out of any of us. I'm just saying. You can't <laughs> I even see John Aaron out. every now and again. But I never see John. John and I DM about cults rather frequently on Twitter. He's okay. a lurker. He's not a participator. He's okay. A we don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to roast John while he's yeah, not here. Yeah, we don't need to besmirch his Look, name. I, I held out the entire show <laughs> to roast John a little bit. All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued. If they have Ryan Reynolds Deadpool, <laughs> like go th- like just flashback into all of Hugh Jackman's filmography. Oh my god. He'll end up in Swordfish. <gasps> so Halle Berry could cameo, but not as Storm. And I think oh that would be such a god. huge flex. I feel like it's, if we're gonna go full circle here, if Taylor Swift has them doing her music videos, she should be in Deadpool. There we go. She should be Dazzler in Deadpool. She should be Dazzler in Deadpool. <laughs> But, but but we have to keep the meta and it has to be yeah. like like Deadpool is casting Dazzler yes. and Taylor's like oh nothing or she's just like hanging out his house with you know just there and he's like no not you and like calls someone else <laughs> how about he walk he walks up to Hugh Jackman sitting at a bar he tells him to f off <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my God! Yeah, she, like they go into a club, oh, and yeah. Ryan Reynolds is like, "Hey, Taylor, do you wanna?" And she just says, "Fuck right, off!" Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. And he, then we next we cut to we cut to Hugh Jackman in a Dazzler costume. Oh yeah, Got it. And that's it with and the roller skates oh, and everything. This is it. This is it. <laughs> We've got we have made the movie. It's amazing. This is it. I, I this is of all of our like Marvel call us. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. This, this is, is the a one. Really good one that they need to call us for. I'm not going to lie. This is amazing. 